Tucker Carlson was right. Tucker came out on his show and said that he got information that the NSA had been spying on him, that they wanted to leak information to get him taken off the air. The NSA issued a non-denial denial. What does that mean? It means they put out a statement that sort of seems like they're saying they didn't do it, but they didn't actually deny anything. They basically said, Tucker's never been a target, and we only target foreign people. We all knew what that meant because Glenn Greenwald covered this. He exposed them. Edward Snowden leaked the information. Sure, they can spy on a foreign individual, but if your communications are somewhere in between, they can still get access. Plus, they're bulk spying on the American people anyway. Well, as it turns out now, someone leaked to a journalist at Axios who Tucker Carlson was talking to. He was apparently talking to people in the Kremlin inner circle trying to get an interview with Vladimir Putin. If Tucker Carlson didn't preempt this story, the narrative right now would be Tucker colluding with Russians. I, 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 I would absolutely be willing to bet that's the case. But because Tucker came out and said they're spying on our communications, working on a story, the narrative is Tucker was trying to interview P- Putin. So there you go. Somebody leaked that information. How did they get it? Even if they weren't spying on, on Tucker, who gave them the right to unmask him? Meaning when an American citizen gets captured, when their data gets captured by the NSA, it's supposed to be hidden. That means somebody went to a FISA court and a judge signed off on revealing a U.S. journalist's name who was trying to interview a world leader. None of this adds up, but I can tell you what does. All of the morons in the mainstream press who have so much egg on their face, you can make an omelet because they were for days being like, Tucker's so dumb, he's making it up. And now they're going, this is really interesting. I wonder how this information could have been leaked. This is something we should talk about. And people are like, yo, you were just, I'm sick of these people. So we're going to get into this. Obviously, I'm heated on this. Tucker was right, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. He wasn't making it up. Of course, they're trying to come out and save, save their, save face by saying, well, we don't know for sure it was the NSA that leaked this. All right, just ask, ask Jonathan Swan to, to publish his sources. And if the NSA was committing illegal acts, I don't think he should defend those sources. Let's, they, they want to unmask Tucker? Unmask the source. Let's see what we, what we got going on. Joining us today is the return of Jack Murphy. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm back. It is a Wednesday, and we are now back on the every other Wednesday schedule. I'm Jack Murphy. So happy to be here. Follow me on Twitter at Jack Murphy Live. Sub on J- YouTube, Jack Murphy Live. Tim, great to see you. You were heated before the show. You're heated now. <laughs> oh, this yeah. is going to be hot tonight. I had a beer. You're excited. <laughs> Ian's here. That's right. Looking I'm good. Coffee. I'm back with lids. That's right. All is right in the world today. Wednesdays are back. Yes. Jack Murphy on Tim Wild, Cast. wild animal. I Jack am Murphy her. in the house. <laughs> I, I'm disturbed about these secret FISA courts. Oh, right. We were supposed to talk about about serious stuff. I've been disturbed about the FISA courts for like 15 years. I mean, when it was the first time that it was, it was elucidated to the public that these, well, the first time I really heard about it was Michael Cernovich breaking the FISA unmasking with Susan Rice and the Mike Flynn case. That is the first time I heard about it. Mike, way to go. That was me personally. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's how I came to understand how the FISA courts work and what it means to be revealed and unmasked. If you've been sort of caught up in this snare of, of foreign intelligence work and they're snooping on people. This is just a journalist. There's a, there's a, there's a lot to this. The Five Eyes Spy Club. Yeah. What mm-hmm. that means. Yeah. How they how they how they cheat the laws and violate rights. We'll get into all this. Well, we'll get into all of this though. We got lids. She's pressing all the buttons. I'm here in the corner as well. Whoa. I'm very intrigued for tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. We woo, haven't had woo. Jack in a couple of weeks, woo, woo. so it's going to be a great conversation. Tucker was absolutely right, and I knew that he wouldn't have brought this up without valid reason to do so. So of course he's correct, and I'm curious what all is behind that. But don't forget. Go to TimCast.com. 
Become a member. We're going to have a bonus segment coming up later tonight. This is usually where we talk about the things that YouTube doesn't allow us to talk about. But more importantly, we are hiring a ton of journalists. We're going to have like six or seven people on the news newsroom staff, probably by, probably by the end of the month. Plus, we've got the paranormal show coming. With your membership, we are building culture. We are reporting news. We're going to be hiring fact checkers. It's going to be huge. So don't forget, get that members only content over at TimCast.com and like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Hit that notification bell, which apparently doesn't matter all that much. Share <laughs> share this podcast right now. Take the URL, post it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Just share it, share it, share it. That's the, that's the word of mouth. If, if, if this is a story that you think is important, you think our conversations are important, sharing is the best thing you can do. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, give us, give us some five stars if you, if you really do like it. Let's, let's jump into this story. Here's the big breaking news. It's a scoop. So saith Axios. Hmm. Tucker Carlson sought Putin interview at time of spying claim. That's that's it right there. Now, for those that aren't familiar with the story, let me just rehash real quickly for those that are just tuning in. Tucker Carlson came out on his show and said someone revealed to him information that was in his texts and his emails that no one else had access to. This, long story short, said to him the NSA was spying on, on him and his communications. This is what was conveyed to him. He said the intent was to leak it to get his show taken off the air. As soon as he comes out and says this, of course, all the conservatives say, I trust Tucker. I don't think he's going to make this up. Not even just conservatives, just, you know, anti-establishment types. And of course, the establishment immediately said he's making it up. He's lying. He's BSing. He's not being spied on. And the NSA themselves issued what's called a non-denial denial, where they said Tucker's claim that we're trying to get his show taken off the air is untrue, perhaps semantics. But they never outright denied that they intercepted his communications. And Tucker said he pressed them. So, uh, uh, or him or one of his staff said, are you reading our emails? And they refused to issue uh, a response. All of a sudden, a story comes out that Tucker was going to try and interview Vladimir Putin, which means the story did get leaked. From who? I'd have to imagine Tucker was right. It was the NSA. Jonathan Swan of Axios can just reveal who his source is. He says Tucker Carlson was talking to U.S.-based Kremlin intermediaries about setting up an interview with Vladimir Putin shortly before the Fox News host accused the NSA of spying on him. Sources familiar with the conversations tell Axios. Now, how are they familiar with those conversations if Tucker says he didn't share them with anybody? Is the source actually someone at Fox News who's stabbed Tucker in the back? No. The person that Tucker claims, to, uh, unless, unless, okay, of course, you can still say Tucker's a liar, but Tucker preempted this. Think about what would have happened if Tucker never said anything. The story right now would be leaked communications show Tucker trying to negotiate deals with Vladimir Putin or something to that effect. Instead, because Tucker came out and said he was working on a story, the narrative is now while Tucker was claiming to be working on a story, he was talking to people who are Kremlin intermediaries. I think he, 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 he ripped the fangs out. I think he calmed this one down. It was a smart move and they dragged him over it. Now, the funny thing is all these journalists that are trying to act like it's, oh, oh, I'm, I'm a serious reporter. Oh, that this, it, it must be true, even though they were the ones dragging him the whole time. That's what you can expect, man. Right? Man, <clears throat> I'm a journalist. My number one job is to go to the source. My number one job is to get the best interview possible. Who would be a better interviewee than a leader of one of the UN Security Council members, the leader of their country? Vladimir Putin. I, I'm interested to, to examine a little bit more deeply the timing of this. It says here that they were talking to Putin now. 
It's about him right. trying to get an interview with Putin now. Yep. So this is in real time. This isn't. This isn't even uh, Trump is in office. This isn't even during Trump Russia scandal or whatnot. This is just Tucker Carlson going about his normal business as a journalist who interviews top leading world officials, and they snared him in their international spy ring that's coordinated against multiple or coordinated with multiple different English speaking countries, five eyes. Right. And they, they were like, Hey, we need to figure out who this guy is. So they took him to a FISA court. They made a case, right? They had to make a case to a special judge to say, this is why we should be able to figure out who this American citizen is. And, and what could the case have been? This guy wants to talk to Putin. Oh, he must be a spy. I, if it's the NSA, and I don't think Tucker's lying on this one, we've yeah. got his claim. The story yeah. gets leaked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all so makes sense. It's not like the NSA's come out and said, here's the evidence we did it, but it's all lined up. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it there. I would say it's beyond a reasonable doubt, in my opinion. But to be fair, there's a probability that Tucker is wrong about who's leaking or he was misled. Somebody at Fox may have leaked it. Axios says, Axios has not confirmed whether any communications from Carlson have been intercepted, and if so, why? That, think about what that means. What's with this weird doublespeak? Why can't Axios say, Axios has not confirmed whether any communications from Carlson were, uh, or, or I'm sorry, why can't they say they have not confirmed that the NSA was the source of this information? What they're saying was his communications have been intercepted. So that means the, the, the source for Jonathan Swan may actually be the NSA. But the NSA didn't say we spied on Tucker. Just here's information on Tucker. If Here's the point. When the NSA denied spying on Tucker, they never came out right and said, we are not reading his emails. We are not reading his texts. That's not true. They said, Tucker alleged that we were spying on his communications and we're planning to leak them in order to get his show off the air. That allegation is untrue. Uh-huh. Well, the, the, the allegation in that sentence is the final uh, right. uh, subject. To get his show off the air. Right. Which could have been hyperbolic or they could have been like, we wanted to damage him, not get him canceled, just hurt him enough that maybe eventually he does. Who knows? They can argue a million, a, a million ways why that wasn't true. But they never said we did not intercept communications from Tucker Carlson. We are not spying on him either accidentally or on purpose. Right. They gave some or, weird double speak. Or, or incidentally. Right. Incidentally, which, right. Is, which is actually like the key word in this case. Right. Because it's really about them spying on Putin. And they incidentally have discovered that there is an American citizen involved. Therefore, now this internationally focused spy agency can oh. now turn their attention. This is all congruent with everything we've been talking about here for terror. months and months and months and months and months. The war on terror coming home. Coming home. The far-right extremists. This, dude, we've been saying this for, for what? How long? Check, check this out. They 2003, say. 2003, <clears throat> 2006. Uh, Axios, Axios says, those sources said U.S. government officials learned about Carlson's effort to secure the Putin interview. How? Carlson learned the government was aware of his outreach. And that's the basis of his extraordinary accusation, followed by a rare public denial by the NSA that he has been targeted. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sources have literally said Carlson learned the government was aware of his outreach. He's basically confirming there's a federal agency in some capacity somehow that was aware of his outreach. No, what they're How? saying, what they're saying is, is the government is spying on you, Tucker. Why are you crying about it? No one, so, no so, one's so, obje- objecting to the spying. Right, right, right. They're objecting to the crying. Now, now, I want to go back to this statement from Axios. They have, con- they have not confirmed whether any communication from Carlson have been intercepted, and if so, why? Not confirmed. Th- th- the sentence literally means nothing. 
So an NSA guy goes to Jonathan Swan, hypothetically, and says, hey, <laughs> you, you know, you know, Tucker Carlson is uh, trying to meet with Putin. I can confirm that to you right now. 100% guaranteed. And Swan says, how do you know that? Don't worry about it. Okay. I can't confirm they were spying on him, but he told me that if it wasn't the NSA telling Jonathan Swan, why didn't they also add the source of this information is not coming from the NSA? No, they're quite literally saying Carlson learned from that the government was aware. U.S. government officials were, had learned about this. Who with access to the government was providing information to Jonathan Swan? That is an interesting question because it, it does suggest that there's a white hat and a black hat in operation right now, right? Somebody telling Tucker and somebody talking to Swan at the same time. Is it two different people? Is it the same person? They go on to say, but let me, let me read a little bit of this. The NSA's public statement didn't directly deny that any Carlson communications had been swept up by the agency. <laughs> Axios submitted a request for comment to the NSA on Wednesday, asking whether the agency would also be willing to categorically deny that the NSA intercepted any of Carlson's communications in the context of monitoring somebody he was talking to in his effort to set up an interview with Putin. An NSA spokesperson declined to comment and referred Axios back to the earlier statement, carefully worded, it says. In other words, the NSA is denying the targeting of Carlson, but is not denying that his communications were incidentally collected. And Axios is not telling us who their source is, whether or not their source is part of the NSA, and they could do that. If I, if I had a source who revealed that Jack Murphy had stolen my cookies from the cookie jar, Oof. and people were like, Ian was the source, I could be like, Ian was not the source, I can confirm that much. Right. Right? Lydia witnessed Jack, and I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna out my source, you know? But I can certainly say it wasn't Ian. That's one person out of the million it could have been. They could just say our source is not the NSA. Mm-hmm. What is or it? is not in government. What is Axios? Who, what, what horse do they ride in here? What do they want to see have happen? I don't know. How do they slant? How do they lean? How do they dress as the tailor asks? I mean, Jonathan Swan, he's the guy who did that really awful interview with yeah. Trump where he was just negative about literally everything Trump oh, said. Yeah. And he was scowling the whole time Weird at things. everything Trump yeah. said. Look, we no. know that they were, they are literally searching right now. Oliver, dumb, dumb Darcy and team. They're all searching for who's the next Putin? Who's the next Hitler? Who's, next who's Trump? the next yeah. Trump? Who's the next evil guy that we have to destroy? And isn't it funny that the timing on all this just happened right now? Hmm. Tucker Carlson is being named as, you know, if Tucker hadn't gotten out in front of this, what would the story have been? Story had been Tucker Carlson trying to collude secretly with Russia Vladimir Gate. Putin. He's the Russia new, Gate two point five. Yes. The, so so we already <laughs> saw this absolutely hilarious story where Brian Stelter in his pathetic, <laughs> oh, desperate attempt for ratings. So for those not familiar, he's a guy who hosts Sunday mornings on CNN. It's a little poo poo show. And you he can't was even like, see it on YouTube. "Is Tucker Carlson the new Alex Jones?" Yes. And then Oliver Darcy's like, Tucker Carlson is the new Alex Jones. The funny thing is Oliver never blinked. Did you notice that? I, I, I didn't really notice, but a lot of people kept posting like, does this guy blink at all? Like he's just standing there staring at the camera. Dude's gone nuts. Like Oliver, these, these people, I wonder if they, if they like cry at night. Oliver, Probably. I know you're crying, dude. In I know sleep. you're crying. You know well, no, no, but, but, but think about it. Like they've, well. they've, they've dug themselves in so deep to this anti-Trump narrative that there's nothing they can do. They could, they could call, guys, it, it was a, a big joke. Um, <laughs> nah, their careers are done. Done. The only thing they have left is Orange Man Bad, but there's no Orange Man anymore. They're trying so, to find one desperately. Tucker Carlson is the new Alex Jones, they said. It, did you see this clip? Did you see the clip they did? Oh, with Stelter and Darcy? Stelter and Darcy on, on the new <laughs> course, Alex Jones? Of course I did, because Oliver, it's, I love laughing at you, by the way. <laughs> Tucker Carlson goes, 
He's like, there's risks in everything, of course, and even vaccines. And then it pauses. And then it's Alex Jones, you know, yelling about the vaccines. I'm like, those aren't even the same statements. Your doctor will tell you there can be adverse reactions. Like, that's normal. Then there's, what what does he say? When he mentions the spying, then it shows an old clip from like the 2000s of Jones being like, they're spying on me and it's been admitted it's happening. And, And I'm like, so you found three or four things that are somewhat related, but still kind of different. And you're acting like he's he's verbatim repeating Alex Jones. It was the most ridiculous garbage story ever. A few months ago, what did they say? Tucker Carlson is the new Donald Trump. And they did the same thing, showing Tucker saying things and then Trump saying things. And they're like, Tucker is the new Trump. They've been trying to do that nonstop. I don't think it has anything to do necessarily uh, with politics, though. Partly, I'm sure. A lot of activists don't like that Tucker Carlson is influential, speaking to young people particularly, huge in the ratings, especially in the key demo. I think they're just desperate for an orange man. They ain't no, they ain't no orange man no more. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to, to function unless they've got someone they can point to and say, Hitler, 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 Hitler. And they're going to try to tie everybody back to Trump because they they really shot their wad on this. You want you want Right? Like, you can't get any worse than the things that they called Trump. Right, right, right. So they got to now... Call everybody Trump. It's funny that they've they've driven themselves so insane. I, I, I will say this. The things that worry me, critical race theory in schools. I'm sorry, critical rate applied pra- uh, principles. <laughs> That's, That's right. crap, dude. Yeah, it, crap. Is. it is indeed. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So anyway. I know. I'm with you, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm just giving it back. I know. Crap. I know. It's crap. I know. <laughs> literally. So anyway, that, that worries me about the future. But, when, but Michael Mouse has a point when he says, look how stupid these people are. Mm. Look how absolutely stupid these people are. I, I, I got to tell you, they're, they're, they're really stupid. Let me show you just how stupid. Just how stupid are they, Tim? Oh, Two yeah. hours ago, <laughs> Axios reported that Tucker Carlson was seeking an interview with Vladimir Putin. At the time, he was accusing the NSA of spying on him. Stands to reason somebody leaked communications from Tucker Carlson somehow that he was doing this. And who would have access to it? Perhaps it was a hacker who broke into Tucker's email and phone and spoofed it or something. Or perhaps Tucker is right. Tucker's source said the NSA was spying on him. Perhaps that's the case. Okay, so that was two hours ago the story breaks. Evidence to suggest Tucker is right. Pretty strong evidence. Gizmodo writes this story an hour ago. Hmm. Tucker FOIAs the NSA. That means Freedom of Information Act. It, FOIA means, if, if, as, a, as a verb, to file a request for the government information to see what they're doing. Gizmodo says, the pompadour talk show host with a face made of Play-Doh has decided to kick things up a notch in his feud with America, America's surveillance Goliath. They say this. It was about two weeks ago that Tucker Carlson first claimed without evidence that not only was the NSA spying on him and his staff, but that it was plotting to leak his show's internal communications in an apparent effort to take it off the air. Not long after that, the NSA blah, blah, blah. The whole episode is bizarre for many reasons, even in today's day and age. Now it would appear that the new news anchor in his show filed an actual FOIA request with the spy agency, in an apparent effort to shake loose any evidence of the government's supposed snooping. And they go on, blah, blah, blah. I'm requesting records, the dates are document. I looked through this story. Guess what? This dude at Gizmodo, Lucas Ropak, did not even Google search or even go on Twitter before publishing this story. Talk about really... I'm sorry, I can't say the word dumb. I gotta say something else. I gotta say... um <clears throat> Incapable, malpractical. No, 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 no. I don't want to say he did a bad job. I want to say that there's something seriously wrong with his like uh, ability to add numbers together. Flawed. Like, here's here's somebody who said, 
I am going to publish it. Now, of course, he can probably be- blame his editor. Hmm. Perhaps he wrote the story earlier this morning and the editor was sitting on it. Let's call the failure Gizmodos. But imagine being this guy and you don't go to your editor and say, news just broke that Tucker's communications did in fact leak somehow to a journalist at Axios. Perhaps Tucker was right the whole time. They publish a story insulting him, saying without evidence, an hour after news breaks, suggesting Tucker was telling the truth. That is a whole new level of failure. Serious incompetence. First of all, Tucker Carlson does not have a pompadour. Can we like, that's just, you're automatically trash. And by the way, yes, everyone who goes on TV has makeup on. Except for me tonight, I wish I did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but the rest of it, I mean, who has a feud with American surveillance Goliath? Huh. Everyone? A, Everyone? Ju- a journalist has a feud with a surveillance Goliath. Like the end of the headline, the sub, the sub headline there, I was like, is it meant to make the NSA look bad and Tucker look good? Because that's how I feel. That's how I, I read it. Information surveillance Goliath. They, he has they, a feud. They need their, their Trump man. And so this is Gizmodo saying, look, Tucker is our target. He's an other we hate. So just (laughs) insult him. When you live in the world of corporate media, no, no, for real. I'm sure that they're like executive editor or their higher ups were like, oh, we got a story about Tucker, huh? Insult him a little bit. Rough him up because that's what our our, our readers like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Plato. I hate that guy. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I feel bad for I, I don't know if this guy actually sometimes the editors make changes. I hope so. Yeah, I hope well, that I should hope be so. in the article if they did. They um, shouldn't lay that on the writer if the editor changed it. But who knows? Who knows? So right now it's on you, Lucas, because you got the byline. <laughs> Imagine this dude, Lucas, right? Seven he's like, comments. He's like a little kid. And and he's like, I, I want to be big a journalist. Break. Big break. Big break. I want to be a journalist when I grow up. It's like, bro, the story an hour before you published this broke, providing evidence. You got no context on it. Like nothing. You guys need to take this down. Right. No retraction. No nothing. Because you know what? They don't care. But why? Why insult people like this so severely? Listen, if they said the far right or the conservative or whatever, I'd roll my eyes. But you're allowed to, to, to have somewhat of a framing device. I don't like it. But saying a pompadoured Play-Doh face... Is just insulting the guy. Tim, it's so obvious. They don't have an orange man. They need a pompadoured man. There we go. He doesn't have a pompadour. pompadour. He doesn't even have a pompadour. It's literally not true, but it doesn't matter. At least Trump was orange. Bro was orange. Can we just admit that? (laughs) Bro was orange. This article is getting read more right now than it has. I know. (laughs) Stop showing them traffic. Did did you see the Donald Trump's press conference? Which one? The one today. 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 Dude was orange. He was pretty orange. He was so orange. He is orange. Look, remember when sitting by the pool and getting tan takes real time and effort. True. Homie doesn't have that time and effort. He, he goes in that in that thing and they just go organic. And, and he wears those goggles over his yep. eyes. Yeah. That's why he's got them little raccoon eyes around. It's a spray tan. <laughs> I know it. It's all right. Does he bleach his hair? I mean, maybe. Why? Would, it's his hair, though. It's but, all right. But why would he want to be orange? It's better than being pale. Have you seen Joe Biden? Crip yeah, Keeper? Yeah. Crip yeah. Keeper? <laughs> when you can see the veins and the ligaments and the sores yeah. and all the... Th- I mean, dude, bro's over 70. Yeah. It, things change. Liver you spots. You don't heal. Yeah, your skin looks terrible. He has calculated... It's better to be orange than to be pale and dead. Yep. Yeah. Orange is vibrant. It's better than being like transparent with your veins and everything coming right out of your eyes. I look at these news stories and I'm I'm feeling pretty good when I want to see this stuff. Pretty good about what? 
the, the, the demise of the old media. Mm, Confidence right. in the rise of new new media. Yeah, there was, new there media was a, they look super professional here. You know what I yeah. do love too, though. I got I got I got to admit something else. <laughs> like we're pretty good at flying under the radar. Yeah, I was saying that yesterday. No, yeah, absolutely. Who's yeah. radar? Uh the the main the, the establishment. So there there was an article in Axios talking about the decline of mainstream media and the rise of independent media, and they're talking about Crystal and, uh, uh, and Cigar with uh, Breaking Points, which has been taking off tremendously. Again, like half a million subs in a month. The show's doing massive, and they're awesome. So you know, it's awesome for them. I don't even know who they are. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they were they were on the hills From rising. The hill. They're fantastic. I'm, I'm living under a rock, apparently. Yeah, you need to but, but, but they really are great. They really are great. It's populist left and right. They do a show together. They, they, they share like a populist view, and then they have their own views on left and right. But anyway, I'm reading this article, and I'm like, you know, part of me is saying like, why, don't, why doesn't anybody take interest in what we're doing? Like, why isn't this on the radar? And I'm, I've been thinking for a long time how good that is because it's actually one of the reasons I reduced the amount of segments I was doing on my other channels. I was doing, I was doing five per day on one channel. Are you down? Uh, yeah, I cut three out. Oh, nice. And weekends are gone. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, part of it was I felt like maximizing exposure was a weakness. It, it allowed us to get more ad traffic and, 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 and operate the business off YouTube ad revenue. But it also created m- more exposure, which is more space to be attacked from. Mm. And I was like, we need, to, we need to pull back. We need to focus more on delivering a better product and not focus on maximizing viewership. So that's actually, in many ways, a good thing. We fly under the radar in the, uh, on a lot of these things. So when I look at when I look at the media, they're attacking everybody like crazy. The way they attack Andy No like crazy, and I'm like, we just kind of do our thing, and no one, there's no smear pieces. Sometimes weird. It could weird. be the milk toast nature of your show, though, Tim. We're invincible. <laughs> that's right. Milk toast is the new armor. And don't forget the Q and the E in the word. Milk. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm just getting with that, dude. I I totally understand. That's why Bro, we created the liminal order. That's why we, we love it. So Listen. I can get off of the freaking, you know, the the yes. chopping block. All my guys can get off the chopping block. We can have constructive, productive conversations and and do things inside the LO that no one can see. It's great. Like this show. How many other like news people have people sitting there telling them they're wrong? Like I'll tell you. You're wrong. I, I don't really tell you, no, Tim, you're wrong. I mean, not really, but I will if you're no, wrong. No, but listen, listen. We like we, people we, humble each other. That's what friendship is, and that's check, part check of what it out. Do it. Same. We we had Richie McGinnis. I like Richie telling Richie. his telling his story about what happened with mm. Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh. It's one of our most viewed segments ever. Heavy. We get no no attacks. No one attacks us. No smears. We have Alex Jones on the show twice. We have Enrique Tario on the show. Nothing written about us. Totally under the radar. That's good news. Because we're going to be growing this brand, TimCast.com. We're going to be expanding. That, 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 that's why I bring this up. I'm really confident when I look at the failures of the media. They're completely unaware of what's happening unless it fits the, the fighting. So when you see a lot of this like drama between... Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. 
Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. CarShield.com slash Carlson. That's CarShield.com slash Carlson. Stephen Crowder and Ethan Klein, for instance. That's high level. Like it's really, it's really easy for the average person to take sides and get into a fight over this stuff. But we don't really have all that drama stuff, so it's hard for them to write about. What are they going to say? Like, oh, you know, Ian, he... Uh, Graphene, the gra- Fed, oh. English Crown, Rothschild. actually smoked DMT. <laughs> <laughs> what do they right, got? Right now. I don't know. They Let's play magic. Though. Sometimes something will pop up and no one cares. Yeah. You know what it is? I think you look at someone like Crowder, very energetic, and he'll say things about specific people. Ben Shapiro will do the same thing. I don't do that. I don't, I don't Shapiro. Push, you don't play in the vaccines. mud. That's a big part of it. Yeah. So it makes it very difficult for them to latch on to anything. I think what you said earlier about what you use your money on as a corporation, like you get a big influx of cash. Do you spend it on marketing what you already have or do you hire or create new products and then not worry as much about the marketing? And the Timcast model so far has been that. Not worry about the marketing. We did that with mines too. We didn't market the thing. We just built it and built it and built it and built it under the radar. Now the technology is so robust that it speaks for itself. It's super robust, by the way. Check it out with their new Matrix messaging. It's pretty lit. Matrix, is, I gotta say, it's gonna and it just keeps getting better. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm that's feel, I'm my methodology. Good. Is I'm, I'm feeling real good. Yeah, the, plus, here it's a private corp, so you don't have investments, mm-hmm. so you don't have the hassle of the yeah. public uh, harassment. That's the other crazy thing too. That's like kind of worrying me. People will come here and they'll be like, so who's backing this? And I'll be like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'll be like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Daily Wire's got backers. Breitbart. I'm like, nobody. I don't know. I started a YouTube channel and then hired people. I I skateboard, bro. That's how this happened. (laughs) Yo, but but, uh, I I don't don't want to talk too much about us because it's more about the bigger picture. Certainly, I'm feeling good. And and, and the success of TimCast.com and everyone signing up to become members gives me confidence in the future. It's probably the most most, uh, like illuminating thing. When, you know, when I hear Bannon and Michael Malice say, like, we're going to win, and I start thinking about all the really bad stuff, and I want to get pulled into that darkness where it's like all the bad stuff is taking over, and then I stopped and I thought to myself, do I really think TimCast.com is going to fail? And I'm like, no. no. It's, it's taken off like crazy. Things are going well. Nothing's going to change. It's going to keep on this track of succeeding. It's going to plow right through the darkness and expand and then shove that darkness back into, yes. the, into the dark corners. I feel the same way, man. I mean, we are going to win. Well, first of all, the other side has no first principle that is self-sustaining. Okay. It's just a self-destructive, mm-hmm. self-immolating, self-collapsing kind of process. Second of all, I can see and feel the energy building inside the liminal order. That's liminal-order.com. 600 guys all around the world. We're all working every single day to solve all these problems and make everything in our lives happier, healthier, and wealthier. These things are happening all over <laughs> the country, all over the world. And you're right about, about being off the radar. There's a weird pull about social media and fame at the beginning, especially you're like, oh, it's, you know, fame, that's power. Yeah, no, 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 no. Fame is a problem. Fame is oh, a yeah. problem. Power, you know, the ability, but by power, I mean the ability to positively affect change in the world. That's what, that's what I'm after. I, I, and that doesn't come with fame. Although I will say I got recognized all over state of Virginia this weekend thanks to Tim Pool. Uh, well, I, I, I can give an analogy to everybody to help them understand. You ever play four v four? I'm sorry, um, Battle Royale, Smash Brothers, four players. Smash Brothers. You ever play Great Smash game. Brothers? Every man for himself, four players. So you know, you know what I do? I'm like, you guys really want to do this? You want to go up against me, Smash Brothers? But every man for himself? All right. I just go. I slowly walk to the corner and stand there as everyone beats each other up, and then I just chill. And then finally, when the last person's left, I'm like, yo, you could have come over at any point, but you, you ignored me thinking I was doing nothing. Now I got three lives. I got 0% damage. 
That's what it's all about. Oh. You get mixed up in the fray. You take a lot of heat. You take a lot of damage, hoping that you'll come out on top. Mm-hmm. Not. I have a good story about this. I met with um, Curtis Yarvin a few years ago when he was in sort of a quiet period. And he told me, he's like, look, you know, there's no point in, in encountering a predator animal as a predator animal on the savannah. There's no point in that. Maybe you guys fight. Maybe you clash. Maybe you bleed. And then maybe two months later, you both bleed out and die. No. The wise ones, they kind of like, and they just say, and they just sort of go yeah. the other way. And, and I have taken that to heart. That's what the LO, the liminal order is all about. Taking your head off the chopping block, going underground, popping up when you want, being strategic about your appearances, about your public message. There was this time at which starting with bulletin board systems and telnet and ICQ and all these things where you just put everything out there. Bro, just throw it all out there. Let's connect with anybody we can connect with. Talk to anybody. Now it's like, okay, I want to strategically disconnect. I want to build barriers between me and the rest of the universe. And I want to have a highly curated, high trust environment in which I can actually get work done. I can change my life. I can change the lives of other people, my family. We can build businesses and products outside of the spotlight. And I think that that's partly you know, the vibe that you're riding on here as you well. You know it would be really funny? Do it. What? It's like 300 years. There's like, you know, society is flourishing and there's flying cars and space travel. And there's a guy and he's the president and he's like, you know, vote for me for re-election. And, you know, what would I say? A couple hundred years. So it's like 23 something. Years, yes. 20, 23, 24, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, vote for me for re-election. And they're all like, yay. And then he turns around and he walks into the room and there's a guy with a liminal order on patch on. And he's like, you did really well. Very the good. order. The, the order respects your work. I mean, our goal here is we have a thousand-year time horizon. You ever heard of the Knights of Malta? I have. These, this is what we're talking about. It was like an ancient... Actual sovereignty. What were they? They were like a military force? That they, were... they first came about to protect pilgrims on their way to the Holy Land. And in doing that, protecting people on the way to something important, they were able to build armies, they built property, they built sovereignty, they built their own nation. Thousand years. It helps having the, the blessing of the Pope. That does help. Yeah. But uh, absent that, we'll make it work. That's that's the time perspective that we're working on. And uh, we're trying to be part of the remaking of society, right? You, like you, networks are the way the society is going to you, be functioning. You know the best part's going to be? What's that? So after this guy, like he's running for president, he walks in and there's some like emissary from the liminal, liminal order. And he's like, you've done great work. Yes. The order thanks you for your service. And he's like, thank you, sir. Then there's like some guy on the on the on the virtue net, like virtual net, and he's like, the the the, the liminal order controls everything. You need to understand how powerful they are. Like, oh, shut up! There's no liminal order. It's like it started by Jack Murphy in 2020 or 2019. Or That's right. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Thou shalt not speak the name. Indeed. First rule. Powerful. It is. Is it really the rule? You say the name all the time. No, actually, I do. But if you've noticed, there's no one you've never seen no anybody pub- publicly talking about it. Oh, secret societies. It is secret. We do encourage guys to not talk about it. Let me take all the heat, be out there as a lightning rod, and you just yeah. quietly go about doing your business of changing the world. Let's talk about uh, feeling good and confident and successes, right? I like that. White so, pill me, baby. So so we got the media spiraling out of control, sad and desperate. Did you see that there was yeah. a, there, there was the ratings for MSNBC on Sunday? They get like 29,000. Even I'm crushing <laughs> MSNBC <laughs> in the key demos, dude. Bro, it's not it's not fair to say you're crushing them when they're getting 29,000 viewers. No, <laughs> I am definitely crushing them. I am crushing network news, period, end of story. That's what I told my mom. Now, now I'll, I'll, I'll be fair. <laughs> uh, during, like, weeknights, like, Rachel Maddow gets 3 million. But in the key demo, she's getting, like, 
200,000. The key demo being 25 to 55 men with money, basically. Old people are watching Maddow and Tucker, but Tucker's still getting twice what CNN and MSNBC are getting. So anyway, look, I watch the media's collapse, and I'm laughing because we're growing. And maybe we won't ever be as big as CNN was, but it's decentralized these days. Mm. But there, we got we got something else. We got this big, big news from Donald Trump himself. Do it. Trump files a class action lawsuit against Facebook, Twitter, and Google for censoring him, demands an end to big tech silencing and blacklisting of conservative voices, and calls for punitive damages for cancel culture victims. He is also suing the CEOs of these companies. I mean, that's it. Now, he made his appearance. Out of, uh, he was in New Jersey. Boy, did that man look orange. Mm. Very orange oh, man yeah. right there. But hey, this is good news. Now, a lot of people on the left, a lot of Democrats are saying it's doomed to fail. There's no way his suit will succeed. That's not relevant. Maybe that's true, but that's not relevant. How do you win a fight if you never fight it? You stand there watching somebody poke and prod and bully and oppress, and you say, there's no point in fighting because we'll lose. Imagine imagine this. It's like a bug's life. You know, what was it with the crickets? Yeah. Was that what was it? Was it crickets versus I didn't kids? see it. Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. Yeah. There you go. The grasshoppers are like, they, they outnumber us a thousand to one. If they find out the system, like they're going to topple us. Everybody loves using that analogy that the left and the right. But but think about it right now. If you're watching these grasshoppers kick people around, these billionaires, these tech oligarchs, push people around, and you're like, we'll never win against them. There's no point in fighting. Congratulations. You're right. Whether whether you uh, – what, what, is, what is the saying? Whether you believe you will succeed or you will fail, fail, you're right. Yep. You're right. Now, what happens if every single person who got banned said, I'm filing a suit? I'll probably lose, but I'm going to file a suit anyway. Imagine if a million people filed lawsuits against Facebook. They would be they would be buried in leg- in, in litigation. So there was actually I can't remember if it was Patreon or a couple or one Patreon. of the other ones where they had an automatic arbitration clause. So that anytime anybody filed a complaint, they automatically had to go to arbitration. It was paid for by Patreon. Yep. So I remember guys like Vox Day and others were like really rallying people to try to take advantage of this. The thing about Trump that people loved and love to this day is that dude is a fighter okay he will fight that he's not going to take it he's going to fight he made a lot of mistakes though he could have fought better oh of course but he's at least trying something right Right. he's just trying something and you know the first thing that you do in a lawsuit like this is you do the spaghetti thing you throw the spaghetti up against the wall you cite all the people individually all of them personally all their associates all the different entities and then you force the other side into having to now make arguments as to why they need to dismiss this guy and dismiss that guy they spend money there's discovery it's all part of the normal process now i have no idea the legalities of this will chamberlain probably be the best person to talk to about this or ron coleman and those guys uh who know you know how these lawsuits are going to go but i like the energy fight back man fight yeah. back I, they, I, they obviously colluded right right, right. I, I i've talked to will who's uh who's very smart he's a lawyer so he knows a lot about this and i've brought up a lot of things to him where he says that's no good that maybe that's no good and i don't know maybe a judge will agree with that one that 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 right there, whether or not you get a judge to agree with you is the biggest question. Did you make a good enough argument to convince a judge? And what I've seen across the board from defamation mm-hmm. lawsuits to censorship lawsuits is the lawyers have made really bad arguments because they fundamentally don't understand what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I mean, no disrespect to a lot of these lawyers because some of them have done good lawsuits that got thrown out, but they don't understand the nature of the system. They don't understand the attack vectors. I think Wikipedia may be one of the best uh, uh, um, one of the weakest platforms 
that could create a hole in, in the whole 230 argument and defamation specifically. So um, tell me, I got Larry Sanger coming on tomorrow. Wikipedia. When you go to Wikipedia.com, I love pulling up James O'Keefe. Let me pull up James O'Keefe on Wikipedia. <laughs> Veritas sure, is probably about I'm one. sure it says very nice and honest and the true nicest. things mm-hmm. about, about That's him. exactly the point. Yeah. So let me actually James O'Keefe's has got a lot of bad things in it. It's very it's very it's framed, you know, kind of uh, very poorly. But actually, let me pull up uh, Project Veritas. Yeah. Do they have uh, there we go. Cuz Project Veritas, according to Wikipedia, is a far-right activist group founded by James O'Keefe. It produces deceptively edited videos, undercover operations. We we've talked about this a bit. Like I like using Veritas specifically because of it's it's all lies and opinion. What is Jack, what is that what does this say right here? Can you read that? From Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. Oh, it, it doesn't say from, you know, Mega mega Dude 539. Mm. It doesn't say from at Jack Murphy Live, does it? No, no, no. This article is from Wikipedia. Project the Veritas. free encyclopedia. From Wikipedia. So who's responsible for that defamation? I would say Wikipedia. I would argue that. I would say so. And I think no one's, uh, you need to sue on that grounds. James O'Keefe would need to file a lawsuit against Wikipedia for defamation. For, oh, I'm sorry, for libel. And say that Wikipedia called us, dis, uh, accused us of, of deceptively editing videos. Now, my understanding is he recently won over the phrase deceptively edited in the New York Times case. Yeah, he's never the case, lost. The case is not concluded yet. But a judge said that, uh, in, uh, actually, maybe it wasn't the New York Times one. But I'm pretty sure... He did win a case where he said it wasn't deceptively edited. I could be wrong, though. But anyway, I digress. I love the way that they've got citations for far right and then deceptively edited. That's the way that they're going to get out of it, right? They're going to go to go to that citation. We're just citing no, I don't think that, major news sources. I think an argument has to be made. you got to go to court. You know why? If Ian comes to me and says, Jack Murphy can't do a backflip, and then I go, Jack Murphy can't do a backflip. It's a fact. Yeah, you're, Ian told me. You're responsible for that if you did that. Just yeah. because Ian told me, and then I go out and say it, and it's a fact, doesn't mean the responsibility doesn't fall on me anymore. Well, I'm going to talk to Larry Sanger, co-founder of, of uh, Wikipedia tomorrow uh, on Jack Murphy Live. Check it out on YouTube. Maybe I'll uh, talk him into filing suit on behalf of all these people against his former company that he started, because I'm pretty sure he's not in favor oh, of, definitely. We, we, of, we, of what's going on there. We've talked to him about, uh, I think we talked to him about this. Yeah, yeah, we did. And I think the big distinction for Wikipedia is that it says it's from Wikipedia. Yeah. You can put all the citations in the world you want and say, don't look at me. I was just citing this source. It's like, bro, you said it was from you. So, so Donald Trump is suing all these companies. The, the establishment saying he's doomed to fail. The, the Knight Foundation saying he's doomed to fail, which is so insane to me. When did these freedom of the press, defense of the little guy, turn into the pro-corporate, pro-big tech nonprofits? It was the Trump thing, man. It was Trump. It was Trump. All of a sudden, anything anybody said was bad. If you if you listen to the media sources you grew up with, if you the people that you trusted, all of a sudden they went ape. Yeah, and then and then the public went ape. Could you imagine? Donald Trump runs into a burning building, comes out singed but carrying a box of puppies, <laughs> and then Vox.com writes why puppies are actually bad. Right, exactly. Like, it's a picture of Donald Trump, and he's like, his hair's burned off, he's just bald and scarred, and he's like, orange but I saved the puppies, they're the best puppies, everyone agrees, <laughs> they needed to live, and they're like, actually, puppies are a bad thing. Baby puppies, they have too, there's too many of them, people aren't getting them spayed and neutered, this and they're puppy has spread cor- They spread corona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's this it. puppy looks like Hitler. Oh, my gosh. And Trump saved him. What does that say about Trump? You know, my problem with, with Trump, kind of what you said earlier, was what people love about him is that he's a fighter, is that I've known people in my life that are 
ha- have like anger issues and would like get really angry and punch a wall. And that's like the fighter in them. And it would break the wall or they'd break their hand. They wouldn't solve the problem, but they just wanted to hit and fight. And I'm worried that Trump just lashes out uh, like irrationally and has no hope of of getting them to change their terms of service. I mean, what legal bounds would anyone have to get a private company to change their terms of service? That's insane. That's fascist. It's it's you need to set precedent. Yeah, you need you need to do you would. So Trump files a lawsuit, but it's spaghetti on the wall. The judge exactly. says, it's, it's a fist on you know, the, uh, the, 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 the allegations one through a hundred are all bad, but 101, 102, and 103 are good. Bring us back an argument around those. That's how it goes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't that, think that's, that, that's what happened with the like Covington kids in, 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 code. in, with defamation. They had like 33 claims. The judge threw out 30 of them. They were kept three and then the company settled because they were scared of discovery. Mm. Now I'll tell you what's really interesting about this lawsuit with Trump. There are actually a bunch of people on the left. That are are saying Trump sh- uh, that that these companies should not get these cases dismissed. You know why? They want Facebook and Twitter to f- uh, agree, basically let the suit happen, and then move to discovery, subpoena Trump, get him under oath, get his his emails, get his documents around January sixth. Trump is saying I was banned on this day for these reasons, and I'm suing. Twitter and Facebook could be like, okay. Let's get your emails on that day and see what you were saying to prove whether or not you had the intention that we we thought you did. And then they get Trump's emails. I guess we'll see if that's actually the uh, a flaw in their strategy as they push forward with the lawsuit. I have to suspect it's just the the the, the optimist in me that somebody on Trump's team might have suggested that that would be an outcome. Or it's actually really simple. <clears throat> Maybe Trump didn't actually do any of the things they accused him of well, doing. Well, of course. Yes. Just, and and no, so Trump's like, step. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I think we know what Trump's emails are going to look like. <laughs> I think. <laughs> do, do, do you there? <laughs> it's going to be really like short. <laughs> yeah. Lazy. Does he even send emails? Didn't he right. say he doesn't send emails? Yeah. Smart. I mean, it is wise. Why put anything in writing? You know, you know when you're talking to somebody who's been a little bit paranoid is when you're texting, and then all of a sudden you get an audio an audio message. That's Is that a a text? That's all I do is I send audio messages anymore. No, I leave everything out of text unless it is 100 percent necessary. Thirty thirty second audio clips to say what I got to say. That's it. If you can keep those and share those, maybe fine. You're really putting an extra effort for that. Then I guess I guess audio is better. At least there's context. Like uh, you can hear my tone of voice yeah. at yeah. least. Yeah, text t- Twitter doesn't work at all. Like, and I think this—I don't know if I'm just biased. Maybe that's the case. But nah. people on the left, man, they really, really have a hard time. They have a really hard time. So, like, Shuan had tweeted something as a joke, sarcastically, huh. about you know, I don't know, fascism or something. And then I responded with, "So you admit it?" That's like I love tweeting at people. So you admit it? <laughs> to like, it, the joke is. I'm taking what they say out of context to apply it's literal, and it's a joke. The people who follow me totally get that it's a, that it's a joke. But uh, Vosh tweeted tweeted about uh, so China just uh, well I don't I don't know about China specifically, but WeChat banned LGBTQ accounts, tons of them, wiped it out, wiped out all this content. And Vosh tweeted, "This is the right move in furtherance of glorious communism. Long live <laughs> President Xi Jinping." Obviously, he's not wow. being serious. So you admit it, eh? That's what I said. So I tweeted, <laughs> so you admit it. And then immediately, I knew I had to do this. I replied with, in before anyone thinks either of these tweets are real. Right. I knew he was joking. Like, he's not praising she. He's making a joke. And then I responded with the joke, obviously. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders 
with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Bro, so many people were just like, you're so dumb. Like, Vosh is, man, he's not serious. So imagine, imagine if these people who are that dumb, I'm sorry, family, are your actual family, your actual mom or your sister or your cousin who are reading your tweets and taking all the, the jokes seriously and none of the serious stuff seriously. I'm like, you guys just have to stop reading. Just stop reading my social media. Cause they think, they think that the stuff that is specifically trolly, that is meant to push people away, that is, if you're in on it, is obviously a joke. And if you're not in on it, good, go away. They're part of the good go away crowd. And they're like, oh my God, what's happened to you? Oh, we don't even know you anymore. You're a monster. Did, did, did a bunch of people like just, eat a brick of fluoride or something yeah. because well, yeah. like, dude. something happened where yes. there's like people who <laughs> don't so. understand jokes anymore it's, it's a dude. And, and, but, but listen it's not about just understanding jokes there are people who can't differentiate fact from fiction so there's like people like us where we're kind of skeptical in a lot of ways we're well researched not geniuses not no we don't know everything <clears throat> we're wrong a lot Sure, Jack. Just you're the best. No, that's Ian Except I'm talking Jack. about. Jack's okay, a genius. Okay. Ian's no, no, a genius. Blah, blah, blah. Jack's a smart one. So, so I can be like, here's what I think based on this, right? I can have a conversation. Like, let's let's say I'll have a, a a debate or a discussion with like a leftist personality, and I'll say something like, when it comes to universal healthcare, you have an argument between utilitarianism and deontological philosophy, and he goes, I don't know what that is, and you try to explain it to them, and then maybe I'll be like, okay, I gotta dumb it down for you. So maybe I'll use a movie reference because you're clearly not at the same level, but I'm trying to communicate. And then they'll start laughing, being like, duh, he said Marvel. <laughs> He's so dumb. dumb. How do you, like, you, you have these people that hear Brian Seltzer go, Donald Trump is working for Russia or something like that. And then you get Chris Hayes where you got Jonathan Chait saying Trump may have been a Russian asset in the 1980s. And they go, whoa. And then the Mueller report comes out. It's all not true. And they go, whoa. And then Rachel Maddow comes out and says Russia again. And they go, Whoa. Tucker then, Carlson, Russia. And, and, Whoa. Right, right. and then meanwhile, people like us on this side, whatever, are going like, well, something's not right. You can't just say both things. Like, which one's true and which one isn't? <laughs> but the, I, I, I seriously think when you look at the Democratic establishment, these are people who are either lying, many of them probably are, or are just too dumb to like actually do any of the work. It's definitely both. Look I mean, at, I think look, it's both. Look at, uh, uh, um, I, I think Ethan Klein is a really good example. Because what started the feud with him and Steven Crowder is when he said, bro, you don't even got to do any research. Just like it's on the CDC. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The kind of people who would be like, I have no responsibility and I don't care. That- They're going to go and be like, I don't know, dude. CNN just said, I don't want to do anything. Like, why do I have to do work? I think that's that's an example. Like Ethan, maybe dumb is not the right word, but ignorant. He'll talk about things he doesn't know about, like what he just did about the CDC. Um, just don't even think about it, that comment. But he's he will also lie. For, for comic value, like just to have yeah. fun with someone. So it's both. Do you, do you think like, so when he said, just trust the CDC, it's easy. It, do you think if I said to Ethan Klein, yo, bro, the Tuskegee experiments, mm. you know his answer is going to be? I don't know what that is. He's like, they didn't make peanuts. Yeah. What? Okay. 
That's <laughs> just a joke anyway. You, see, you remember, you see that get, getting things confused with Jimmy oh, yeah. Carter and then the yeah. peanut guy and then the other guy. He was yes. a peanut farmer, Jimmy Carter. He was. Yeah. No, listen, I think what we're seeing revealed by the left is their lack of sense making and they don't have a sense making life cycle. So they don't actually have built into them some way of, of understanding and sifting through all the information to come to the right idea. So they, they have this, they've sort of, um, uh, uh, um, uh, dis, dis-circuited. Is that a Dissociated word? Dissociated or? Uncircuited? Is that a word? Uh, Dissociated? Yeah. Dissociated? They, 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 no, no. They've, they, they've stripped out the circuitry for sense making. They haven't like adopted this new skill, which we all have, which is you hear it here, you hear it there, you go over here, you look over there, you listen to 12 different people, experts, all of them, plus your friend and your cousin. You put it all together and with actual research and independent opinions from people from all across the spectrum, you come to a conclusion. Yes. Now that, and that's a process. Sense making is a process that comes through dialogue and conversation and experimentation. These people on the left are revealing that they have no sense making skills. Right. They just say a thing and they just move on from the thing. They say a thing and they move on from the thing. They haven't developed the ability to figure out what's actually real. Yeah, you need to kind of remove your emotions from yes. the situation. You have you're to come be, to it with humility. Yeah, you're going to be wrong. You're going to find out that things you thought were real aren't real a lot of times. And that's why when we teach sense-making in the liminal order, one of the things that we really focus on, are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired right now? Because this is going to affect the way that you process this information that you're receiving. Have you ever actually thought about any of those feelings even? <laughs> a lot of people, right. no, no, but like a lot of people will just be like, they'll go to the fridge and, and they'll eat and no one's ever stopped them and said, are you hungry right now? Right. And they'll go, no, I'm, I'm just bored. bored. I've been yeah. thinking a lot about anger lately and like what causes anger? A lot of times it's sadness or uh, madness and what causes madness if you're not being listened to if you feel like you're not being seen you can become mad and then if, if that's untended then you can become angry anger is the worst i mean i think anger is like the worst worst mind state you can be in you know you know you know what they say there's there's two things there's two bits of advice one's family friendly and one's not family friendly the first bit of advice is eat before you go grocery shopping. Right, definitely. Because people go in there and like, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, yeah. ice cream. And it's like you go home and you're like, bro, I can't I'll eat any of this. I'll eat an olive. I'll eat a <laughs> scoop of ice cream. I just, cream, wanted, I just wanted the ice cream right now. So I, that's yeah. all I want. No, you're like, you, you eat a good meal, go to the store, and then you're like, I'll oh, get a little bit of that. The other one is uh, uh, less family friendly, but uh, they say before you, if you're a dude, before you go on a date, you got to go take care of business. Get that clarity. So you get that, that mental clarity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, start thinking wrong things, right? It doesn't always work. <laughs> Remove the sense of urgency yeah. is yeah. what we're right. talking That's about. That's right. Get good in the moment. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're not hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Make sure you've squatted. Make yes. sure you've slept. And then make sure you bounce all those things off people, a network of people that you have built. I don't think that these guys on the left have, have have demonstrated any ability to sense make or to accelerate their process of observing, uh, understanding, making a decision and taking action or the OODA loop, right? So, Observe, orient, decide and act. It, you, know, you, you, know, you know what I think about when I think about the left? It's collectivism. Hmm. The idea that they're safer if they're just part of this collective. They don't want to challenge it. Their brains just say what they say is true. But I, I think about the gazelle as they're running through the fields and the lion's chasing after them. Yeah, they're, they're safer in a pack. Why? Because someone else gets eaten. The survival tactic is to run faster than the other ones. When you're in a group, the lion will get one of them, but it ain't going to be you, hopefully. Wow. That's yeah. the mentality. And I, don't run too fast either. Right? Yeah. You just don't, you want to be right smack dab in the yeah. middle. Right. That is the safest right. place is in the middle where all of your friends, family, colleagues, and associates will get eaten before you do. Because that's what cowards do. When you're on, when you're in the collective, 
you're hoping that when the war comes, other people get killed and it's not you. But guess what? You may be that sacrifice. When you're an individual, it's all on you. You might die. You might succeed. The line might get you. But it's on you to choose what to do, where to go, and how to fight, and how to survive. And who's, who is easier? Who, uh, what position's easier to just be like, hey, let's go to war? It, like the gazelle in the middle of the pack? Yeah. Or the, or the lone one running on his own? Like, which we, do, we were just talking about this about predators on the, on the, on the savannah. It's like we've encountered each other. We can fight. We can maybe maim each other. Or we can just go like this. And just Walk go away. about our business. I watched two bears go at it, and they bit each other's faces and, like, ripped each other's faces open. And then they were Whoa. just, like, walking around, breathing heavy, just bleeding faces. Like, what was the point of that? And re- uh, fortunately, humans have kind of figured out what's – why would we beat each other up and break each other when just weaken each other? Like, there's no uh, point to it. War happens sometimes. If you're if you're dying and you need stuff, you got to take it from somebody. I'd say it happens frequently. In fact, it's all throughout history ever since the very beginning. We are a war-like people. We're war people. We're warmongers. The, the Christians have a God that says, I am a God of war. I read true. this in the Bible the other day. Yeah. It's right there. So is this, right all, this the so look, all this social confrontation, like simulated warfare, like psychological, we're doing it to each it's other? Just, no, it's just a conflict. Conflict mm-hmm. comes in many forms. Yeah. I don't, I don't like collectivism. I've been in unions and you know what? I've been held back by them. They cause me problems. And they always come back and they say things like, if it wasn't for the union, you wouldn't have X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no, no, no. If it wasn't for the union, you wouldn't have X, Y, and Z. So you're advocating for it. Me? I'll do fine. I can leave and I got no problems to worry about. The problem I have to worry about is being dragged down, attached to heavyweights that are you and your group. I'm better off on my own. Sounds like the public school system. I think a lot of people are just like, I can't succeed unless I band together with other people. It's really hard. Yeah. The unions thing is really hard because, look, at the beginning, unions were really important. They used to chain up factories. They used to let factories burn down. They used to not let kids take breaks. They used to make people work eight hours, right. eight right. days a week, 25 hours a day. That's different. But not the unions more. had to actually fix that. I'm not saying that you never have uh, uh, any collective. No, I know. I'm just saying Modern unions. Just, you, brought, you brought up unions, and I, and I struggle with this, right? Because I, they solve serious problems. No, no, no. And now it, they're it's, creating it's, bro, problems. Yeah. You're talking about something else 100 years ago. Same word, different Unions structure. today are like corporate machines to siphon money away from dumb people. Dude, I know who Randy Weingarten is. Man. Mm. I know what's going who on. Who is there. Randy Weingarten? She's the, the <laughs> leading uh, union rep for the teachers. And collectively with the NEA and the other one, they're they're about ready to say that they're not going to work this fall unless all students are vaccinated. Yep. Good. Schools are terrible. I teaching kids. I'm just saying I'm watching this lady Crap. just destroy the whole freaking education market because she's she's advocating for her for I, what she thinks the teachers as professionals need rather than what the kids need. I, I need to clarify something too because uh, I tweeted that uh, they're not teaching critical race theory; they're teaching critical race applied principles. And that was because somebody super chatted us. I have been saying this for a while now, and I was criticized for it. And I think people on Twitter, like, you know, James Lindsay tweeted this. I don't think they've actually seen or listened to my podcast where I've talked about this. I've criticized Christopher Rufo and James Lindsay for saying critical race theory over and over again. I respect the work they're doing tremendously. But when you say critical race theory, they come out and they show you the book Critical Race Theory by Kimberly Crenshaw. And they say, no student has been taught from this book. That's insane. And so you look at the interviews, and I came out right away saying they're not teaching critical race theory. They're teaching pr- – it's praxis. It's yep. theory and practice. 
So I've long said critical theory in practice. It is the indoctrination through the ideologies of critical race theory, not directly critical race theory. And it's important to use language that specifically can't hide from, like perhaps identitarianism. Love that word, by the way. Identitarianism. Because then we're like, what's that? It's like people who believe that identity or race, race specifically, should be the, the principal factor in how the rules and the lessons go. And they're teaching kids to view the world based on race. Most people are going to be like, no, nah, I don't like that. As a joke... I said, we need critical race praxis. I was like, it's crap. And then someone said, critical race applied principles. I don't think we need the applied because race has an R and an A in it. So you have your C-R-A-P, critical that's race what, practice. That's what James Lindsay did. He put a little A. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But applied pr- critical race applied principles are insane. It's crap. Perfectly. They're not praxis. teaching CRT. They're doing CRT exactly. on the students, which is a... Which is a very fine distinction. I understand that. But I'm going to have both Lindsay and Rufo on my show on first week of, of July, I believe. August. Or no, late, late first week of August. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Scheduler. I, I hope you guys there. talk about the, the delineation between applying the, the practice and teaching the theory. That, that, that is big now. They're talking about it more. Praxis. Yeah. Um, but praxis is a word defined to confuse regular people. So you also don't want to use that. Use the word practice instead. They say praxis because it is a dog whistle that regular people won't understand. Mm-hmm. And their allies do understand. You need to use language. And, and, and I'll admit, identitarianism, a lot of people would understand either. The point is, it's exactly their tactic. Let's just talk about this for one quick second, though. <clears throat> I There has been amongst the people who are fighting this an argument, an internecine battle, as it were. About people saying that CRT is explicitly anti-white or not. And I would just like to interject some nuance here. CRT is definitely explicitly anti-white, but not as its primary goal. Its primary goal is to disrupt and to take power. So they're just sort of using the anti-whiteness as a way for them to take the power that they want, which is really to inject the false consciousness to do this class war that they're doing. That's, so so it's at once anti-white and not. Who's who's saying it's it's not anti-white? Uh there are plenty of folks actually within the even on the right side who are arguing about That's this. Right now. Trick. That's yeah. just completely and factually well, incorrect. Well, if you were like in Nigeria crit- crit- with like crit- crit- a, that it is or isn't. You're saying it is. Critical race theory is rooted in critical theory, which yes. is the idea of the oppressed and the oppressors. Right. It has nothing to do with race. Critical race theory yes. built upon the Marxist ideology of oppressed and oppressor yes. by introducing race as the primary component, not class. Right. Marx felt that there was the bourgeoisie, the proletariat, it was the wealthy elites versus the poor workers, and the critical race theorists said these f- philosophers or these, these, these individuals did not understand racial politics in the United States and in the West. Thus, we need a framework that builds upon their ideas incorporating racism from the United States, which is there are oppressed and oppressors, and the oppressors are all white. But if you think of ancient cultures, um, if you were applying this practice like in northern Africa where it was like a black population with a king and, and then they had like white slaves from like Italy and, and it would Greece be, and Rome. It would be anti black. No, it wouldn't. Because you'd be like, the power structure is black, they're, they're subjugating white that people. That is not critical race theory, you didn't read it. But They say whiteness is property. Literally the word white 
Whiteness is property. Well, then so they it's would, from the 90s. They wrote this a long time ago. They, they what what you're did. saying is if they wanted to view race as oppressed and oppressor, it could be different. It could be, but they didn't write that. You, so if you want to make Ian race theory, by all means, go ahead and do it, and you can build upon critical race theory. The critical race theorists have literally stated whiteness. Whiteness, they write books, anti-whiteness. Whiteness is a problem. They said whiteness is a tangible physical property. It is an asset individuals have that grants them things. Well, right. uh, you could also <laughs> apply critical theory to race and it not be about that. I don't care what they call that, it. If they want to call it critical race theory, I So don't you're care. not talking about what we're talking about. I'm not using else. the big capital letters. I'm talking about what critical race theory is. No, it you're could not. be about non any race. Okay, Ian, you're talking about something you're totally You're talking different. about something a term they've coined. I think I think you're both right, which is the nuance I'm trying to inject here, which is that it, the the folks like Kendi and and uh Robin and all these and Crenshaw and whatever, they are actually occupied brains. They've their brains have been occupied. By the peop, the class people, the critical people, right? The people that want to just use the oppressor oppressor model to upset the power structure so that they can take power. Race is just a new vector. So all those folks are a hundred percent sincere in what they're saying. It's a trip up. It is. That's so why I'm they're, saying they're, it's both. It's both. It's at once neither and both at the same time, which makes it very hard and difficult to discuss. There is a class based divide. You've got the political class. The, the industrial class and the regular people who are being jammed in the gutter and beaten down, having their jobs sent overseas. These people occupy seats of government through their wealthy connections. They should wear all the patches for all their sponsors. So what do they do? When Occupy Wall Street pops its ugly head, they say, introduce critical race theory. What did that do? It took that idea of class-based problems and flipped it sideways. So now poor people are fighting poor people. And yes, whiteness is a core component of this. It is inherently a U.S. ideology that seeks to address the, the Marx, Marxist idea, Marxist views through the lens of Western race politics. What yes. I don't get is yes. if, if a kid is born, a white kid is born to a broken home with a mother that he never sees that's so poor and, and his mom's a junkie, a heroin junkie. He's way less privileged than a black kid that's born to two a man and a woman, affluent, yes. super wealthy, educated, awesome friends. Of course, the number one privilege in America is I have a dad privilege. Yep. That is the number one privilege in America, which is why we should have a whole month dedicated to fathers, which is why June should be fatherhood month. Mm-hmm. Just call it that. Um, Celebrate um, it. Imagine if we spent the money. Now, look, I have gay friends. I've got gay family members. I believe that gay people should be able to get married. And I have all the all the emotion in the world for them to have all the rights that they want. Pride is now totally effed up. OK, HRC is totally effed up. There are people that I know that are that are homosexual that don't even want to call themselves gay anymore for how screwed up gay thing has become what do you mean, Polit- what do you mean? politically speaking <clears throat> the politics of it. the politics of it that they're 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 gay men they're married to gay men they they love men but they don't even want to identify as gay anymore because H, the human rights commission and pride and all that stuff is so political and so so been so hijacked but imagine if we spent the money corporate sponsorship how much corporate money went into sponsoring pride which involves kink at parades in front of children how much money went into that how much money could go into sponsoring fatherhood? It's simple, bro. And what kind of spillover effect would that have? Don't worry about that. You should just tell all of your people to start celebrating June as fatherhood I month. I do. I do. It June is fatherhood month. That's, right. That's it. That's it. You build the culture. Yeah. Instead of uh, uh, people going like the government should mandate this, the government should decree this, like, we'll just do it. Yeah. We, just we will do it. literally do it and we say June is the month of fatherhood. We literally do it. It and is my favorite month. In July the should be year. the month of motherhood. 
do it. Let's and do it should it. cherish the feminine, the 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 the, the nurturing, the the positive aspects of femininity oh, that are being washed away by intersectionality feminism gender theory and the critical race theorists their weird overlap with gender <laughs> we should respect both parents i think that that weird overlap with gender is a good sign of what i'm talking about which is it's really not actually about race it's really not oh, even course, about gender it's really just about power i think it's i think but it is anti-white at the same time it is anti-white in, in its current iteration in its current iteration in the way what i guess you're saying there is no critical race theory that's ever been written that wasn't anti-white no, you're, you're no, like oh, critical uh, race theory. Yes, but it, it critical would, theory in itself. It would be like if if a guy came up and said, "I've come up with something called race theory, which is how to win a race as fast as possible." And you went, "Actually, race theory is about the color of your skin." He'd be like, uh, "No, no, no! Like, I'm I've literally created this. I've wrote a book about it. It's about running fast." And you went, "Nope, you're wrong." Like, dude, these people explained this very explicitly, what critical race theory is. Yeah, but those are just three common words. If you want to create your own theory of the same phrase to confuse people and and, and tear away... That's like, what I'm doing here, and, Tim. And break away from the <laughs> argument to give them power and to obfuscate yeah, what I don't like doing. playing by their definitions. I, I think that's an automatic loss, so I don't do that. The point is, when people say critical race theory is not anti-white, they're empowering the critical race theorists. Ah, I see. Exactly. Yeah, you don't there want to say it's not what they say it is. You obvious, want to say it's something else. Well, we need to know what it is. We need to define what we're targeting. One of the clever things they do is screw with semantics on purpose so that you can't fight it. That's why they're like, we want to teach critical race theory in schools. And you go, don't teach critical race theory in schools. They go, we're not teaching critical race theory in schools. We're just doing we're critical applying race theory. It. That's right. Then they brag about praxis. And they're like, they, they, they've gone on TV and said praxis in schools and all that stuff. And regular people are just confused by that. And they don't hear any opposition to pra- it. Praxeology is like trying to state just like the natural occurrence or observation of things in the universe, right? It's about like just analyzing things as they exist. It's not about promoting something. It's not about an ideology. It's not about advancing something, which why, which why for them it's like a strategic retreat into something that they feel like they can't be assaulted. Critical about. race praxis is the application of theory. Right. That's what it means. Yeah. So when they're in schools and, uh, you know, they're asking you questions that are based on this ideology, they're Im- implementing the theory. The way I describe it is imagine <laughs> if you went to school. Imagine if your kid went to school and they came back with a workbook about, you know, self-improvement and being a better person. And it said, and it said in the book, explain why Jesus is great. They didn't read a gospel. They didn't cite anything from the Bible. They didn't say to go to church on Sunday. They want you to work, to explain why Jesus is good. Imagine if they wrote, why does not having faith in Jesus make you feel sad? And then you have to write it, fill in the blank. That's what they're doing with critical race applied principles. Right. The whole prompt is already right there in the question. Yeah. At the end of the day, after you realize how racist you've been, do you feel good, bad, or very bad? Yeah. So what they're doing is they've gone into schools. They've built curriculums specifically around this ideology, which as far as I'm concerned is a a non-theistic religion. And they're desperately trying to use definitions to hide what they're doing. So if you go to a uh, and and really the whole critical race theory and its applied principles are racist towards everybody to be completely honest but they specifically use the word whiteness targeting white people as the oppressor so what happens if you allow them to change the definition and start defending them saying well i guess it could be about any country like in china the you know the han chinese are oppressing the uyghur muslims and the falun gong and stuff like that so critical race is actually not that bad no 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 that word, that phrase, that book is specifically about Western racial politics. Right. So when a little kid comes home from school 
And the mother says, what did you learn? And he says, critical race theory. And then she hears Ian's definition. She goes, that's not so bad. But when she hears what it actually is, that that little kid says, mom, you're evil and I hate your guts because the book said white people are bad. Then she's going to be like, that's what they're teaching you. So is it when they say whiteness is bad, but you don't have to be white to exhibit whiteness. You can be a black person exhibiting whiteness. Semantic manipulation. When you tell someone a white person, what do they think? Do they think a black person? Of course not. Do they think an Asian person? Of course they don't. They imagine a, 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 a white dude with brown hair or whatever. So they're telling kids white, 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 white. And then when the parents go, well, why are you telling kids that white people are evil? No, no, we don't mean your skin. We mean just like the, 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 the people with power. And they go, oh, okay, I guess it's a, it's a way to manipulate people, but it's very simple. When they say whiteness and they say blackness and they say black and brown, there's no argument that they're not talking about white people. They say black and brown people. Are they referring to Luke Rydkowski, who's got blonde hair and blue eyes? <laughs> Apparently, he's Slavic, Apparently. so that counts. No, of course not. If Luke was walking down the street, they would say he was white. And if he argued against them, at the very least, they would say, you're white passing. They tell me, I'm white passing, therefore I have white privilege. But it's not about being white. It's, a, it's, it's, it's about the concept of whiteness. No, it isn't. That's a lie. To trick dumb parents who don't realize their children are being indoctrinated to be identitarians, to effectively be akin to nazis authoritarian race-based policy screw that i think one of the, i think one of the ways that's obvious that it's about power more than anything is the way that they just took everything about america and then they said this is whiteness and it's bad right it's like let's just we want to destroy this country and take it over for ourselves and we want all the money and we want all the prestige and we want all the benefits so what do we do we say oh all the things that made america great This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. We call them white now. And now we call them racist. You had mentioned before that the United States was a white religious ethno state, basically in its formation. That was the point. I mean, basically, it says right there in the original founding documents that we've created this country for us and for our posterity. And who was it created by? They call the the Native American savages. Yeah. Who was it created by? It was created by a bunch of bunch of white guys. Yeah, sure. There were some Catholics in Maryland. There's some Protestants up in up in New England. But like basically it was a bunch of white dudes. And they, they it says right in the document. Posterity. What does that mean for our kids? And black people are like worth three fifths of a human or something. Look, for this voting. Is that, that really, came later. This is a really difficult thing. I mean, clearly it's difficult, but like those folks wouldn't have been in the United States if it wasn't for the fact that for slavery, right? They just wouldn't have been there. Thomas so, Jefferson blamed the king for that. Blamed the he said slavery the, on the, the king. The original draft of the de- declaration. One of the complaints he had was that the king had enacted the transatlantic Atlantic slave trade, violating human decency by enslaving people who had not offended him in any way and then brought them to to the, the colonies imposing that evil upon the colonies and then asking them to take up arms against the colonists who, who in, in exchange for the freedom that was stolen from them wow. right. it was no, removed all true. That's it all was true. removed because thomas jefferson uh, because the founding fathers knew they needed the support of south carolina and georgia if there was going to be an actual fight for independence they thought they were going to lose anyway i think it's really sad 
that he didn't include that. And I also say, a bit hypocritical of the guy, because on his deathbed, he didn't free any of his slaves, and he had a ton, like he, over 600. So the point is, bro, there are a lot of people who came out and were saying, like, they were offended that people had criticized the, the, the founding documents. as NPR said the founding documents had flaws. And I'm like, sure, yeah. But it planted great seeds. And through those seeds of freedom, we fought. And Abraham Lincoln cited the founding fathers' ideas as to why we're all credit equal. And Frederick Douglass said, I want to make you live up to your own standards. Brilliant. So some guy plants a fugly seed. And through cultivation and nurturing, we've developed a very beautiful crop. It's been amazing. Now they're trying to go back and say, look how bad this was in the beginning. Yeah, well, we've kind of fought really hard to fix all those things. Right. Right, and and I think that we ended like the, the transatlantic slave trade pretty early, and banned a new sales, and like we're we're constantly making progress on that from the jump at the very beginning, and and this is the part that is just infuriating. You can see it in every instance. They take today's standards and try to apply them to somebody from four hundred years ago. When the best you can ask of somebody in history is, did you make some element of incremental change? Yeah. And even like five or six years ago, don't use today's rules and, and beliefs right. to, to blame people for things they said on the Internet eight years ago. Right. Like we Jake Uger screaming the N-word 10 years ago. It was fine. Yeah, I did to, a lot. Yeah. It was comedy. Yeah. I mean, George Carlin, Andrew Dice Clay, these guys would Bro. be – their families would be canceled if we held them to today's I, I don't know how the Young Turks still exist. The name of their program is effectively the Hitler Youth. Dude, I was just reading about the Armenian the genocide during and the World Young War One. The, yeah. the Ottoman Empire had this group called the Young Turks that basically took all these uh, Armenians and marched them south, and millions, uh, 1.6 million Armenians died. And, this, and they still, to this day, say it's, that wasn't a genocide. If, if there's any like good example of grifting, I mm-hmm. think it's definitely the Young Turks. Glenn Greenwald, Jimmy Dore, Aaron Matei, there's been this big feud going on between the Young Turks and them. And Cenk Uger comes out and tweets, it's the alt-left. And they made these false, out-of-context accusations, which then the alt-right started saying. And I'm just like, bro, the, the, the alt-left was a, a nebulous term from a few years ago people tried to work. And no one really uses it. And the alt-right has literally nothing to do with why people don't like you. Cenk Uger accused Ermite of being paid by the Russians. And, and uh, Anna Kasparian said something like, he seems to be working for dictators. It was a smear because they didn't like that he was, the, the, the journalism he does. It sparked this huge feud. I got to say, you look back at the history of the Young Turks, the things Cenk Uger has said about women. He got canceled from the Justice Democrats over it. The videos of him talking about women and their their junk and insulting, like this, the, the things he said. I actually don't care. Like he's allowed to have his opinions, and oftentimes he was joking, but he's dropped racial slurs repeatedly. The name of their show is effectively the Hitler Youth, yet they just don't care. They don't care. So when he comes out and he's like, these are unfounded accusations against us. I'm like, bro, you're, you're, you literally work for a company that's like, pr- like effectively praising genocide. You know, Maybe like you've named Turks. yourself after a group that committed a genocide. Uh, you know, I don't think you're serious when you're talking about reform and how people change because you didn't. Well, I don't know. I mean, he has, an, I don't hear him screaming the N word anymore, but I, I, anyway, the, my original point, I guess, is just don't, we're not, I'm not, Whatever. People said crazy stuff in the past. Let it go. Today's today. It's a different this, different political look, climate. Look, look, this is my point. Here's a guy who won't change the name of his company. And he could. He could. Here's a guy who went on the old and Turks. defended child stripping. Hmm. He did. 
oh, of course, they'll call it something else. I don't care what they call it. The fact is, there's a little kid who was at a club full of adults taking his clothes off and they were throwing money at him. Getting money, yeah. He was in, he still had, he still had, uh, like undergarments on, but it was a little boy and they did a whole segment defending it, probably more than one. Jordan Klepper of, of Comedy Central did that as well. And I'm like, at a certain point, you realize what these people do. They're not progressive. They're just what, their, their path of least resistance. When the media says you're allowed to make these jokes, it's edgy and it's fun. Oh, they go on. They say every racial slur in the book. They make fun of women. They show they, they, they were talking about like, you know, um, bottom shots of women climbing out of cars. That's one thing they're getting heat for. Nowadays, they're like, we won't do that because we're principled and we oppose misogyny. No, you don't. You're literally just saying lowest common denominator left talking points to fit in. They're comedians, Your opinions right? didn't change. No, no, no. They're I mean, news they had Jimmy Dore on there. He's a comedian. Yeah, they're up. not. They're, they they're news are. presenters. They're, what, yeah, that's what they call themselves. I'll tell you this. When I have a video from six, seven years ago where I'm like, segregated graduations are a bad thing. And today I'm like, segregated graduations are a bad thing. <laughs> you hypocrite. You have they're, the same position. Right. <laughs> Using I, I, a different I have, definition I, I, for the word segregated. Now, now hold on. I have positions that have changed. I used to be like, eh, gun control maybe. Now I'm like, no gun control. Boom. Free guns for children and things like that. That's, that's not a path of least resistance for anybody. The popular mainstream narrative is to be for gun control. If anything, I've become more contrarian in opposition. They've become more establishment. Say whatever needs to be said. We'll just say whatever. You know what? No opinions. I want to ask Chank about 2016 when Hillary's emails came out and it showed that they were like pushing Bernie Sanders out of the race. Cause that was when I saw Chank, like something snapped in his brain and he became almost sociopathic, like having a hard time accepting the D. I mean, I know he knows that there's corruption in DNC, but I want to just oh, go well, deep on his brain about no, I'll, that. No, I'll, I'll give him some credit. He, he recently did an interview with the Hill where he said the Democratic establishment just lies all the time. Yeah. He's completely correct about that. I just think his whole bit is stay where it's safe all the time. And so when he's like, we're, we're, we're changing our opinions for principle. It's like, no, you're not. You're just staying in the safe. You're staying in the safest possible place you can. When edginess was fun, you were in it. Now it put PC, you're in it. So Do something counter for once. That's interesting, uh, perspective on the Overton window for them. Yeah. Yeah. The Overton window for them has moved dramatically to now where even these guys that are leftists who used to make jokes all the time about language and be, what we would consider non-politically correct today. Now the Overton window has shifted so far that they have to disavow like their entire back catalog and just adopt a whole new system of language and thought in order to stay acceptable. That's what you get when you're trying to stay inside the Overton window. You know what's more fun? Pushing the Overton window in different directions. That's more fun. I love it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely stand up for myself and my principles. I criticized Andy No over him going on, on the ground uh, into into the fray with Antifa. Long story short, they, you know, uh, I, I expressed my views and I got a lot of flack for it. And I got called a grifter with no principles for for what was I was, was I trying to build a leftist audience? These people hate me. No, it's because I'm standing up for what I believe in, even if it's unpopular, even if it's a threat to, to, to my, my even if my, there are people who follow me like I'm going to unfollow you. I'm like, look, man, I can only tell you how I feel. I you, made I made a tweet about anonymity. And people took it out of context. <laughs> that was funny. And I'm, I'm just going to say what I think, dude. And if you don't want to hear it, I'm sorry. Like, you don't have to. You're not. Somewhere else. You know, I appreciate you guys watching if, if you did. But if you want to watch someone who's going to say tribalist opinions, go watch the Young Turks. It's funny. People, I do the same thing. And people will accuse me of punching right. 
or uh, mm. or being a grifter or being controlled opposition. Oh yeah, <laughs> That's I'm one. controlled opposition. I I love it when I get that one because basically it just means somebody on the far right doesn't like the fact that I'm boxing them out and saying no, we don't really want you over here. You're hurting us. This big tent does not include you. Okay, and then they call me controlled opposition, which is hilarious. Like, how am I being controlled? What are they giving me? Are they giving me access <laughs> and prestige. Can I have my blue check, please? Yes. You're the- I got denied. Are they giving me money and support and resources? No. Are they giving me distribution? No. Are they shadow banning me? Yes. Are they signing my 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 shares and all that? Yes. How am I controlled opposition? You're it's the, a it's a non thing. You're the Trojan horse. That's what I think of oh, myself. I you're you're contr- you've allowed yourself to become what seems like. You know, safe. But then when they let you into the city, that you re- they realize you were there to. to I mean, that, I kind of change feel the like system. That's what I'm trying to do now. I've reached such a bigger audience, a more mainstream audience, that I can drop like red pill stuff from ten ten years ago, and it's like just old hat stuff that we talked. Got so tired of even talking about mm-hmm. that. Now I'm in an audience now where it's like fresh news to people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. Actually, it's like oh my life's very easy. I just have to remember what we were talking about 2010, and now the mainstream is actually ready for that in 2020. Because all the things that we said were happening at that time, back in 2010, all the crazy feminist conspiracies and all that, it's all come true. I got I got something to say to the Young Turks. You know, Jenk said he called Jimmy Dormonster. Let's fight. That's what he's, he, he, so. So I, I saw Jenk Uger at uh, Politicon a couple of years ago and they had published they, they did a video about this fake bit of research claiming that there was it's called the Alternative Influencer Network. They put my name right in the middle. It was the most ridiculous BS. They claimed that I had done interviews with people I'd never met before. They claimed that I did a YouTube video with Stefan Molyneux. I'd never met the guy. And so when they did a video and they show the screenshot, my name's in the middle. I saw Jenk standing in a hallway and I was like, hey, you got a second? And he's like, oh, hold on. I'm busy. And he was talking to someone. And after he's done, I was like, hey, I just wanted to mention, like, you guys, I DM'd you about this. Because I'd, I'd seen him at VidCon before and we were talking and I was shaking his hand. I told him that I, I had bought, bought ads on his ch- channel before and YouTube was, like, stifling him. And so I was like, "Hey, you guys did this video about the the alternative influencer network or something that included me. Like, I don't I don't know what your beef is with Dave Rubin or anything. I just don't want to be involved." And he was like, "I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about." And I was like, "Dude, I'm trying to ask you to like not include me in it." And then all of a sudden, he snapped, started screaming at me, "What happened to you, man? You have changed!" While he's yelling at me on all this, everyone starts filming, and I'm like, "Why are you yelling at me? I didn't say anything mean to you ever at all. In fact, I was I was being respectful to him on YouTube as well." Dude snapped, claimed I changed. So I got a message. If Dave Rubin, Jimmy Dore, Tim Poole, Glenn Greenwald, Michael Tracy, Aaron Mate are all changing around you, maybe it's you who need to check your boots. Maybe you're surrounded by sycophants who are just blowing smoke up your ass and telling you what you want to hear. And the people who leave your presence all of a sudden are like, yo, you're nuts. Jimmy Dore leaves the Young Turks and all of a sudden he's like, here's what's happening. And Cenk's like, why did he change? And Dave Rubin leaves the Young Turks. Why did Dave change? I was never anything to do with the Young Turks, but all of a sudden, Jenk is shocked. Tim Pool changed. Preach Glenn Greenwald, what happened to you? Preach it no, 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 no. Nothing happened to us. Something happened to you. Look at your old videos. We, we are, no, you're just saying what is safe for the establishment. And I think that's true of Ethan Klein as well. Dude used to be edgy. Now he's safe. They're too scared to risk anything to stand up for anything. You don't have to. That's fine by me. You want to protect your network and you want to be, you want to be some kind of progressive, you know, uh, channel. And just say whatever the tribe wants you to say, fine. That's fine. But stop acting shocked when everyone else who leaves your presence starts saying things that shock you. 
Because it may just be that you are surrounded by yes men and still are. Yeah, you know what's a much easier brand image to maintain? One of seeking knowledge or truth. Oh, that's the brand. Oh, which means I'm going to change and evolve. That's all part of the plan. We're on a journey. We're trying to discover the truth. We're trying to learn what's really happening. We're trying to create a mental model of the world that makes it so we're not insane. That's much easier than to say, I'm an ideologue on this idea and I can't change. They, they box themselves. I'm not, I'm not trying to make them seem any better than they are, but they're boxed in. And anybody on the right, it's the same way, totally boxed in. If you haven't set yourself up in a way that you're just going to evolve, which is what humans do, which is a totally natural thing to do. Yes, I have more information on that matter. So my opinion has changed. Whoa, that's great. My, my, my opinion changed quite a bit. You know, talking to Michael Malice and people yeah. like libertarians are tweeting at him like, you, you got Tim. Good job. Because I was like, abolish the police. Bro, I'm like watching cops confiscate guns from law-abiding citizens to uphold. Yeah, I'm watching these ridiculous laws. I'm watching the Capitol Police. So, dude, you're the one that they were referencing when they said that the right was claiming that they needed to fund the police. Remember that? Mm -hmm. When the press secretary gets up there and she's like, it's been the Republicans and the conservatives trying to (laughs) defund the police this entire time. They're they're talking about you, man. Two million views an episode. I was there. They're just trying to lie. January 6th, Michael Malice. Here's my point. Capitol Police, (laughs) Capitol Police, D.C. Capitol Police are setting up field offices in California and Florida. They're expanding nationwide. The Capitol Police issued a press release saying they're going to be expanding into an intelligence-based protective agency. What? Yeah, because the war on terror is coming home. So my stance has been not the same as the left, that they're evil oppressors and shut them down. It's that now the good cops are leaving. And the cops who are staying are, are a lot of them are dirty. No, the good cops, ya se fueron, Spanish, they already left. Right. They're gone. So let's not sit back and be like, defend the institution. I'm like, nah, because now you're going to get Capitol Police hunting down, quote unquote, patriots. Here's, here's my prediction. <laughs> I could be wrong about this, but I'll give you a prediction. Oh, thank God I didn't go that day. Capitol Police. Yeah. Capitol Police are investigating and the feds are tracking down the people who went in the building. The Capitol Police are setting up field offices. Do you think this will stop? Or do you think that once they get the 600 people, they're going to say, now we're going to go after those who provided material to support to these people? Uh, No, dude, we have a very extreme, hardcore, concrete, bulletproof uh, example of the way the government, once they set up these kind of things, they shut them down in due time, right? This thing in Cuba, Guantanamo Bay, they set it up right after 9-11. They put prisoners in there. They closed it down as soon as they were done. And then that was it. Wait, what, what? Oh, no, it's oh, still open. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, what was that? Wait, they didn't close down wait, Guantanamo? It's Guantanamo is oh, yeah. still open. Oh, I, 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 oh wait, I, given I, it's I, a mile? I remember, I honestly. I remember when uh, I was in New York when they announced that they got Osama. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And uh, Obama came out and he was like, the war on terror is over. And I was like, wow, they just ended it. Hey, <laughs> oh, wait, that didn't happen either. No. So here's did my. He, wait, wait, did he really say that? No. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was, so, like, I was like, they didn't assassinate him. Yeah. the next. <laughs> so so here's what I'm saying. The Capitol Police, they're going to go after the rioters. Oh, then they're going to say the people provided material support. Then they're going to say we need to expand more offices to stop 
to be preemptive to prevent these things from happening ever again. The right. war on terror comes home. Right. Again. And then when they actually talk to a guy like Omar Mateen and they know that he wants to go around killing people, they're just going to let him go. Because that's actually not what they're really after. What'd that guy do? Oh, he shot up the uh, the Orlando nightclub, yeah. which wasn't actually a gay-motivated thing. He was just like, n- n- nearest nightclub. And it turned out to be that one full of gay people. And so it became like a gay massacre when oh. really it wasn't. Yeah, never he let was, a tragedy he was, he was a He was a, 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 like a, um, a person of interest or whatever, a technical term, probably not using that right, <laughs> to the FBI. They knew him in advance. He scoped out that nightclub. He murdered the people in there, and then they retrofitted it to be like a gay, gay you, attack. Bomb. I can't remember who it was, um, but someone said that uh, they they said the United States needed some kind of 9-11-like attack, in their opinion, this was a Republican, to remind people why we have the security state. Wait, wait, wait they said this after 9-11? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, it's almost like we just need it to happen so that people remember exactly what you know we're fighting for or whatever, something like that. I mean, look, it's funny. Like, we, we've been on top of this for a long time. We've been, you know, I, and have you talked to Cash? I talked to Cash Patel also, who was on the National Security Council, head of counterterrorism. I asked him point blank, is there any evidence that white nationalism terror is the biggest uh, threat facing America? Zero, none. This was the guy, number one National Security Council in charge of counterterrorism. The secretary, uh, I'm sorry, the chief of staff for the secretary of defense. This guy was in there. He has all the intel. And also, he'd be the first person to complain about this FISA crap with uh, Tucker because he used FISA to actually go after terrorists. So he knows. This is why nothing. We've been talking about this. I'm sorry. Just finish this thought. We've been talking about this for years, basically. And now it's actually happening. And we still have to talk about it because not everybody knows. I feel like we're beating. uh, We're banging on a broken drum. No, that doesn't work. My mixed metaphor. This, there, but. this is why I feel like there are two great possibilities of either an authoritarian takeover or a civil war. Because you look at what they're saying about white supremacy in the far right, which is just fundamentally absurd and not true. What they're saying about insurrection, it's the six-month anniversary. And the guy's like holding up his suit. He's like, this is the suit I wore on that day. Six Vice, months. Vice runs an article where they're like journalists that. choking up in tears. I, I don't even want to go back in the building. Six months later, Wait. it is the most insane garbage. Why? They don't want Trump to come back. They need to say, what are they saying now? A quote from Trump about Hitler. I'm not even going to repeat it. It's like the most absurd fake news. They're desperately trying to maintain the narrative of white supremacy. We're in a lull year. Just you wait next year, 2023, 2024. It is going to be insane. I wouldn't be surprised if these Capitol police officers pop up all over the country. They arrest people for these communications. They go on forums like, you know, Patriots.Win, which is, used to be the Donald. And they'll say like, who wants to go commit this act? And then people will say something and then they'll arrest them. Then they'll make some small, stupid tweet into a massive indictment and the news will be like extremists were talking about doing x y and z the fbi will say who wants to do x y and z and some guy will be like sounds cool they'll arrest the guy and say he was advocating for this that and this he was planning it we caught their communications we can't release those to the public though then they're gonna say trump is inspiring this it's gonna get worse if you vote for him this is what you're gonna get <clears throat> black pills falling all over my head. I'm I didn't say we were going to lose. Black pills. It's going to be a struggle. I didn't say we were going to lose. It's going to be. A struggle. I said I'm actually I'm actually confident watching the media fail. Yeah. Now they'll try this stuff, but look how pathetic it is so when Oliver Darcy stands there with though. no blinking. Yeah, but nobody's watching them. The sh- the shift is happening. Their their power is dwindling. That's true. They're going to try it. 
The federal government's going to try but it. But you know what? They don't need the media anymore. You know why? Because they got your four-year-old. Mm. That's right. Yeah, you know who said that? Who said what? what who I said, just I said? got your children. Oh, no. Who said Hitler. That? Oh. Yeah. It's a oh. quote from Hitler. Oh. Well, they have our children. You know, yeah. I was thinking, you, you played Civilization. I know you've played Civ before. You can go into a golden age. We're in a golden age right now. That happens when a bunch of great people get together. You can opt to use them to start a golden age, last 20, 30, 40 years. We, we are literally in a golden age. We're in a golden age. The internet, yeah. internet video has allowed us to unite all these great minds, so we formed a golden age. Now we're still facing trauma and struggle, but we're in a golden age while we're doing it, so we have these a bonuses. Gold, a, a golden age is basically a period of great economic prosperity and no war. We've been yeah. in that for some time. Great now, cultural. No. You can, be in, war, no, you can be in a war and still be in a golden age. Right, right. Yes. The war in Afghanistan is not a real it's, – it's not like no one's storming the U.S. borders – we don't have Germany bombing America. We are in a series of conflicts. But the, the general idea is perhaps you can say right now we're not in a golden age because of the conflicts we've seen with China and Russia and international disputes and everything like that. But this country only for recently, I mean, we're now entering the fourth turning for a long time. We were just sure the U.S. goes out and blows stuff up. Yo, there was there was 10 years, 1991 to 2001. That was it. That was a golden time period. No, right? no, 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 we no. didn't have any wars. Gold War was. Well, you could be in a war. I understand Public. what you're saying, but like just in practical, you could be in a, in a total that's not, war. That's not. This is a semantic misunderstanding. When I say no wars, I'm talking about the U.S. actually fighting for its survival. I see. But you could do that during a golden age. Some countries thrive during war in a golden age, like ancient Persia was really in the game. They're extremely they can move. No, no, no I'm not talking about the game. I'm talking about but the actual historical understanding of golden. The age. metaphor is you can enter a golden age during war. During a wartime period, and if you do, you're going to be much better equipped to win the war. All right. So what you're basically saying is that we're all the individual pieces of Voltron. Yes, forming, and we have formed and we to create need, and Voltron, we, and we need to come together as Voltron. it has. It already happened. It already we're has? in the golden. Voltron is real now. All right. We have the power of Voltron. We, now, but there's aliens that are coming, and we need to fight these giant yeah, alien right, creatures. Right, right. I just, I just need you to take that sword off the wall, hold it in the air, and yell, "I have the power." I do have the power. You are He-Man. I am He-Man. I have the power. And you, and you are in Skeletor, and I will fell you. What do you say by the power of Grayskull? Yes, by the power. power of Grayskull. I Damn. have the power. I'll be, you're, you're going back into ancient history based on your birth <laughs> year. I grew up with that, dude. That was me Saturday morning. I'll be man. Cringer. I'll be your Cringer, baby. That was cringer? the cat that turned into Battle Cat. He wait, 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 cringer was the name? Cringer, dude. Dude, I thought you were just saying, like, I'm the cringy guy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's tasteful. It's timely. Okay. Yo, oh, yo. my God, you're right. I'm more Orco than let's, anything. Uh, let's go to Super Chats. Yes. My friends. Please tap, super, super tap chat that me. like button. Super chat. Go, the little like, we have 9,000 likes. It's Ooh. over 9,000. There it is. Yeah. Uh, tap that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Make sure you go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to have a bonus segment. Does my head always look that big on the screen? Yeah. yeah. I'm just noticing it in the yep. monitor. Yeah, you got there. the biggest head of We actually have an app where we just like, we, you, you just know, we, just, no, we hey. shrank it actually. <laughs> look at this. It's even, it's even bigger than it appears. Tell me if this is what I think it is to you guys. <laughs> this is here. from China, Xinhua News. It looks like a picture of Tim Pool propaganda. No, it doesn't. Look, does that look like Tim it's, with his guns? It is Tim Pool. We can do oh, this during the bonus. I want to pull this up during the bonus I don't have a shirt segment. like that. Yeah. yeah I don't have a hat like the that. The guy yesterday had a Punisher shirt on. That's not. Um, that, that, that's from it. several days before this. That's from a long time ago. The yellow beanie. I don't have a yellow beanie. No yellow beanie. No, Ian, you, you don't have a yellow beanie, Ian, but it's, you, it's you just different look, enough. You can't look at a guy with a beanie and be like, it's Tim Pool. So it's basically a picture of two bureaucrats saying to freedom, and then there's this crazy guy with a beanie on saying, of shooting, and he's got an AR and a pistol, and he's like dancing around all crazy looking in a t-shirt like Tim wears. I mean, it's just he very He doesn't wear a t-shirt like Chinese. I'm wearing, dude. It's not I know. Tim. It's slightly different than Tim. You're like, a guy wearing a t-shirt and a beanie is Tim. I'm like, he's I don't, like got I'm the beard of you, too, like the short, dark beard. 
Dude, my, my millennial wife Ian keeps to be... trying to claim that I'm the basis for all these memes. <laughs> I think China's like, memeing you. you. No, they're not. I'm not that influential. Ian's like, yo, what? you see this meme? But it's your it's archetype. You, I'm like, no, it isn't. You see that meme? It's you. I'm like, no, like, it isn't. It's like these the ar- memes aren't me. It's the archetype of the, 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 the hipster beanied skater. No, it isn't. And they love it. It's just a crazy looking guy who happens to be wearing a beanie, yo. <laughs> it's all of the above. Okay, so I'll tell you this. Now, at any point, for any reason, Dude, if someone's wearing a beanie, Tim Pool. He's got Tim your Pool. beard. 100%. No, Every time I wore a beanie dude. all winter, it was because I was Tim Pool. It's yeah, like, I, I remember one time Jack, me and Jack were walking down the street and Jack was wearing a beanie. And I wasn't, and someone was like, "Yo, you're Tim Pool." To Jack, person, <laughs> you grow a beard, person. dude. And then I was like, "Actually, I'm like, oh, I he was wearing a beanie, so I just assumed." Oh yeah. My, let's, mo- let's my millennial <laughs> wife just sent me a text. She goes, "WTF is a Voltron?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, let's no read these super chats. Hayden says, "Closing on my 40 acres of raw forest land. Yes, Hayden. Want to build a small, close-knit community." Do you guys have any tips for getting started? All trees and large rocks, but has natural springs and a power line on the corner of the property cool. near swimming holes, too. Heck, yeah. I like geodesic domes. I hear they're cheap and easy and structurally sound to build. Timber framing, dude. That's the way. I don't know exactly what you should do. I do know that I've uh, – I thought it would be cool if you got like-minded people to just start building up towns. So, like, there's a few towns that have been dying because the railroads are shutting down. Yeah. And internet video is a way to revitalize these towns by bringing money back into the community. And then you could basically, like, I thought about this. Go to a small town that's dying. Then you can hire the carpenters. You can hire the janitors. You can hire the plumbers. You can hire the workers, the shops. All of a sudden, now there's money coming in from advertising into this town, which brings the whole economy back. Yeah. Then you encourage entrepreneurs to develop technology, software, bring those towns back to life. My tip for you is to join the Liminal Order, buddy. We've got a whole homesteading crew. We even have a whole collection of people in eastern Tennessee that have been coming together. And we had a guy. We had a guy. Join the LO, find land in Tennessee, find a cattle rancher to get his cattle, find the guys in the LO that come and did a fence raising and a penning in one day cool. on his entire property, just like the Amish would come raise your barn and yeah, build it all in one yeah. day. Community. It's amazing. You need community. Even as isolated as you are, you still need community. Talk to Joe Norman about localism. He'll get you sorted. All right, Hayden says, I'm also going to be starting a YouTube channel, too, and documenting the process of buying land and the building and setup that's going to take place, as well as drinking beer at the swimming holes at the end of the day. It's going to be a blast. Sounds cool, dude. That last part will be the most successful bit, so stick with that. Anytime. Trip sucks, says Jack. I'm a private school science teacher. A while back, you advised me to be a secret agent, but there are no boards, course materials up to the department. The history and English teachers use CRT. What do I do? You have to keep going, man. You have to keep going and you can't you can't give up because you have to find like minded people and you have to keep spreading the message and you can't back down. So you gotta use your own curriculum, you gotta use your own ideas. That's what they did at the beginning. That's what you're gonna have to do now. Keep teaching the science and stay strong. And if you need a network of people, hook up with people to support you behind the scenes. You cannot do it alone. Another reason why the liminal order exists. Are you in a one party consent state? If you're not, perhaps there uh, you should def- definitely check, but maybe you could actually just film with your phone if they're doing CRT. Yeah. I'm not going to tell people to do that because there's there's laws check. on filming people. Check like with that. your state. Look, we look, I just had this argument with somebody on Twitter today. As I was executive director of charter school districts, I've run schools, I've turned around schools, I've built new schools. We designed our classrooms and told our teachers and our students to expect to be observed at any time yes we put big window panes huge picture windows 
outside the classroom so that anybody could observe. They were told to expect anybody walking in at any time to observe them at any time. Parents, administrator, local official, prospective parent, anybody. Anyone who pushes back and says that education cannot be filmed or broadcast or recorded or observed at any time is trying to manipulate your children. Do not stand up for that. Do not allow it. Do not permit it. It's a public good with public kids with children. All right. Pacific Nationalist says, Jack Murphy, since the first time you were on Timcast, I've improved myself and come up with this. Run five miles and work out every day. Build a skill and find a hobby. Be a better man. Not just a man, but a better man. Be a warrior. Amen to that. Thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate it. It's that kind of stuff that keeps me going. Please check my Twitter feed for more of that. I do a lot of fat shaming online. A ton. But I'll tell you what I do more of is praising people on the right track. So get on the right track. Congratulations to you. Five miles a day, man. That's baller. Good for you, dude. Ryu Woodware says the guest yesterday said, quote, do you really want to have kids in this environment? That is the exact premise of the movie Idiocracy. That's right. Do you want to have kids in this environment? A hundred percent. In fact, you should have as many as you possibly can. I heard about your guests on last night. I don't, fit. I don't know exactly all the things that they talked about, but the general gist I got was that they were not big fans on marriage. No, uh, I disagree, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. One guy said in the bonus segment that he would give up all of this dating stuff and being a high value male if it would bring back the, the, the traditional family. Well, all you got to do. The other guy said, nah, nah, he likes where he's at. He earned it. He leveled up. Yeah, he leveled up. But when you're 29 and 30, leveling up is one thing. When you're 40, leveling up is another. When you're 50, yeah. leveling up is yet another thing. They, they, they both agreed that the destruction of the family is killing society. 100%. Yeah. But you don't have to be a victim as a man. If you want a family. There are women out there that want a family, too. And the number one way to protect yourself against divorce, rape, and losing your assets, and losing your kids, and all that thing, is to be the best man that you could possibly be. And until you are the best man that you can possibly be, all this other crap is just whistling bull crap. It's just excuses. Become the best man that you can be, and then let me know what happens to you in your life. All right. Crimson7 says, Tim, you should do a documentary series on the victims of these riots slash Chaz to combat the one on Jan Six. And welcome back, Jack. And have y'all heard anything about the Biden earlobe stuff? <laughs> well, first, let me say that's a great, great idea. Actually, I think we'll, we'll 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 start seeing if we can get that going. It would be really fantastic to produce like 13 videos. Just find somebody whose business was destroyed in one of the riots yeah. and profile them for 10, 15 minutes. Like, what's your life like? What happened? Tell us your story. Oh, dude, so we do a lot of traveling for my son's baseball tournaments and my daughter's regattas and such. And so we go to these small towns. And the first thing Rochelle Redhen does, she looks up. She investigates what restaurant can we go to? What bars can we go to? What What distillery can we go to? It is the saddest thing that we're seeing now. We're going to all these towns all across the Mid-Atlantic and the South, from New York all the way down to Georgia. And every time that we've been like going to a new city and we're looking up the top 10 restaurants, we go to five of the top 10, all closed. Yeah. All closed from COVID. All just shut down. Couldn't survive. Couldn't make it. Nothing. It's tough, man. What's this Sad. earlobe stuff? <clears throat> I have no idea what the earlobe stuff is. All right, well then. Let's make up a story, though. Yeah, okay. uh, Joe John Biden was boxing Evander Holyfield and uh-huh. bit his ear. Yeah, uh, all right. right. <clears throat> Take out the piercings. <laughs> Quiet Guitarist fan says, hey, Jack, looking for more media to consume that talks about masculinity and being masculine. Do you have any recommendations? 
Yes, 100%. You should talk. You should listen to all my content. Jack Murphy Live on YouTube. Spencer Clavin does a great job of talking about masculinity uh, from his particular perspective. Talked about uh, philosophy, if, too. If, if philosophy as well. I'm releasing in conjunction with Michael Millerman, the renowned philosopher, a seven-part lecture series on masculinity through philosophy from the ancients all the way through to current times. You should check that out. That'll be coming out soon. Follow my feed. I recommend and retweet people on masculinity all day long. Eric A. says, like in the new articles from Timcast, but on your Kyle Rittenhouse story, the people are referred to as protesters. They did $50 million in damage. Protesters don't, don't do $50 million in damage. Rioters do. You are correct, good sir. That's why we have the corrections at Timcast.com. So you can send those in. But I agree. Whenever I read stories and it's like protesters, I go, nope, rioters. So the challenge is, of course... Trying to stay on top of every single writer and every single framing is not going to be super easy, but I will absolutely convey that with our relatively small team. Come on, guys. If they rioted and did damage, they're rioters. And, you know, determining that threshold for framing is, is not always super easy. If you have a 100 people holding hands and singing and one guy throws a brick, is it a riot? Probably not fair to say it's a riot. If 10 people throw bricks is a riot, I think at that point it's probably fair to say it's a riot. And a, a riot could be a type of protest. So that can get confusing too. Not all riots are protests, but some can be. I'm saying, I'm saying they level up, right? So if you have a hundred people singing, holding hands and singing songs, you're protest. They're protesting. If 10 of them start throwing bricks and bottles and explosives, I would not call it a protest anymore. I would call it a riot because those well, I mean, people it, who are there have, have every option to either leave or stop those people from doing it, but they don't. But what if they're like protesting a crackdown, authoritarian military crackdown, and they're like trying to blow up, you know, authoritarian machines, it's a riot. but they're also protesting the authoritarian. It's a riot. So it's both. Sure, sure, but it, the the, prefer, the 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 framing is a is a riot. Yeah, don't the, leave the pro- out that the it's problem a riot. is is that at any one moment in Washington D.C. during the summer last year, there were all there were peaceful protesters, there were bystanders, there were observers, and there were rioters, and they were all in the same place. Yeah, riots not a peaceful protest. That's for sure. They're rioting, but that's why I'm saying like figure out the framing isn't easy. But um, if if you have a hundred people who are all wearing shirts saying Trump bad, and they're holding hands and singing, they're protesting. If they lay down, they're protesting. If they block the street, they're protesting. If 10 of them start throwing explosives, all of them are in a riot. Yes. It is a riot now. Yes. I'm saying if one guy did it, I wouldn't call it a riot. I'd say some crazy guy threw something. Yeah. The protesters in Portland had the option to back away, stop these people, you know, back away or stop these people. Instead, they linked arms and protected them. They linked arms in front of them and said, no, we're moms. I'm like, okay, you are rioters. Yeah, they joined the riot at that point. Absolutely. But even if they weren't linking arms and blocking the cops, standing there singing songs in support of a diversity of tactics that includes smashing windows and throwing explosives, you are all in a riot. That's it. <laughs> diversity of tactics. Yeah, I looked up the Biden it. earlobe thing. What Apparently is it? conspiracy theorists say that changing earlobes prove Biden clone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look into that. No, awesome. maybe in the bonus segment. I don't know about that I'll stuff. A little too much for me. That's exciting. Red Run, uh, what does it say? Rumex? Rumex? Red Rumex says, I sued my employer for wrongdoing. I was not sure I would win, but I knew I was right and would not let them step all over me. They tried to bully, intimidate, make me resign. I defied them and won. Woo! That is awesome. Yes. Congratulations. Love Stand up for that. Love to hear wow. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Matt Bowler says audio messages are not better than texting. They are easily translated to text and interpreted by a machine, then flagged for review. Okay, but does the recipient have to do that? Right. I mean, you're saying there's less chance the recipient's going to misinterpret. Yeah, or just giving your recipient, like, you got to put three more layers of difficulty into there. It's not a secure, but it's like more than just a text message. Mr. Frickin' hair splitter over there. (laughs) Good grief. Also, if somebody picks up my phone and looks at it, they're also not going to see what I had written there either. So, (laughs) Red Rumix says, get sticks on the show. Sticks is always welcome on the show. Open invite. Sticksenheimer965 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Six Hexen Hammer 666. I'm like, those are easy numbers to remember, only. Jack. <laughs> I, I didn't want you to get banned for talking about devil stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the most devilly devil name, too. Yeah. Sticks. Is he, the one, is he the one who says every day, today is going to be crazy? No, that's comfortably smoked. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. That's about all. <laughs> Today's going to be an insane day, yes. he said. James Nelson says, Henry Ford created the five-day work week and livable wage. You've bought into the lie. Labor movement in U.S. was started by Bolsheviks. Okay. Say so what now? That's a hard uh, statement. That was that, that. There was a lot of conflict in that sentence. Yeah, I think no. Henry Ford, Bolsheviks gave time off. That sounds good to me. These are all horrible things. I like time off. <laughs> Damn communists getting us a weekend. God gave you a weekend, dog. Not everything about the theory of communism is necessarily bad. <laughs> Just right. not practical, it's too right? Too spicy for us. All right, Balian <laughs> says, Tim, if you ever got the chance to interview Trump, would you? Who would your co-host be, and why would it be Jack Murphy? Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes to interviewing Trump. Yeah. But you remember, you see what Dave Rubin had to do? Like long bleeps. We would be able to do it live. We'd have to do it. Trump would be like, listen, listen, the thing that happened with the, wait, 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 wait. A special thing. That whole thing with Rubin was a joke, right? What bleeping Trump? Yeah. No, you you, you had to go on his locals to actually see what Trump said. Uh. Oh, no kidding. YouTube would have actually talked to Trump. I, thought he did yeah so, oh yeah. I, you know what i just saw that and assumed it was fake Nothing. oh oh interesting it was on the phone right oh yeah. really yeah. yeah oh i thought it was just a whole joke a whole just no. bit that no. he just put put trump up and like asked the question and then just use sound bites or whatever sorry dave hey nice scoop bro <laughs> oh maybe i'm wrong but i thought <laughs> I deep know, interview yeah. trump and he had to bleep out a ton of stuff uh, I, I have no idea i didn't even t- go I, on I, locals I too many. sorry dave yeah, yeah. go on locals uh, that's Rubin's that's locals. why when bannon was here you know, there was a really funny point where he started talking about a certain thing. And then I was like, what's well, just holding it? He was like, don't worry. I'm not going to say the magic words. And I'm like, I don't know if that matters to YouTube. There's like, you're getting a little close to the sun, buddy. They're going to hit that ban button. <laughs> but the bonus segment with Bannon. Oh, wait. Yeah. Icarus? Something with an yeah. I word yeah. flying too close to the sun? With his wax when, wings. When, 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 when <laughs> the bonus segment with Steve Bannon. Yeah, I bet that was The first lit. thing I asked is what YouTube will ban everyone oh, for. Right. And we just went right into it. So I'm not going to repeat it. We're going to read more Super Chats. Just You'll so you guys know. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member. Icarus can cure. You'll COVID. find the, you find the, uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. Go to a doctor. That's, that's right. You, doctors, you, you literally can't say that. Yeah. Icarus. You can't say that. It's Greek mythology. It doesn't matter. You can't say that. Uh, no joke. Yeah. We, we could get no non sequiturs. <clears throat> There's no joking about this, dude. They've taken Even down if you Crowder. Said, like super, Superman can do it. Yes. There's just effectively yes. what I said. Yes. 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 They took down Crowder for citing CDC guidelines. So it's like we've had people on the show where I'm like, hey, like, no, you can't like make jokes about this stuff. Like, okay, and they do anyway. And it's like these people seem to think that YouTube is not sitting there with their finger over the ban button saying, I want to effing destroy these people. I thought we were flying under the radar, but we're not. No, you you, 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 you have to encourage everybody to go see their own doctor and ask them for advice. 100%. And you're not allowed to joke about it. No joking. Nope. 
Icarus. Yep, YouTube is straight up like, gonna. that's it, that's it. So, you know, but when the day comes, it comes. That's why we're advocating for TimCast.com. That's why we have these conversations exist on (laughs) platforms that we can have them exist on, and they're getting more and more views. All right. Rocky Range says, Tim, George Washington, who also lived in Virginia, freed his slaves on his deathbed. After he freed his slaves, Virginia passes a new law banning the freeing of slaves in one's will. Thomas Jefferson didn't free his slaves because it was illegal. All right. Well, there you go. Hey, stand corrected. Sense-making apparatus. Billy Bob. Baba Ganoush says, Luke is not Slavic. To be politically correct, thing to, uh, the, to be politically, cor- po- to be politically correct, thing to say is he's Slavics with an X. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I couldn't believe it when Biden actually, well, aud- like, audibly said Latinx, Latinx or whatever he said. He actually, yeah. he actually said the word out loud Kleenex. that people have only written. <laughs> Goofy Foot says, Jack Murphy makes Chuck Norris look like a bearded woman. I'll take that as a compliment, oh, I think. That's great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's big. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. All right. Canadian uh, Canadian A says, Hey, Tim, I just wanted to shout out Shad from Shadiversity and Game Nights. He's an author and YouTuber. I'm just a fan, but he's doing a great job creating culture. He's conservative, but that's secondary. Check it out. Is he the guy who has, like, swords and stuff? I don't know. Never heard of this sure. guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I've seen him. No All right, let's see. We got to scroll down. It's going to do a YouTube super chat. Do a big jump on me because they just super load jump. instantly. Super jump. Catoriously Wise says about the draft of the declaration. During those uh, times, a potential jail sentence has to work on a ship or in the American colonies. I think this is what was referred to since the crown, i.e. the king through the court that has sentenced the prisoner. Uh, I don't know. Most. Like I read a bunch about it, and they said that he was referring to slavery, not referring to um, jail sentences. He was saying that he like, like violated human nature or something like that. Like people who have never offended him or something like that. Whatever. All right, let's see. Darth Vader says cancer free as of today. Tough two years, but anyways, just wanted to say what's up and keep Woo. up the good work, guys. Jack, I'm a huge fan, man. Thank you, and congratulations yeah. to you, man. Way to fight through that. Yes. Absolutely. Bye. All right. Oh, I can't read that one. <laughs> Mr. Obvious says, we are getting banned and demonetized. We are being snuffed out just slowly. That's right. It's called pressure. <clears throat> the goal is not to ban people outright because they know that creates ripples and waves. The goal is to push down slowly until they're underground. Mm-hmm. Every time someone looks, they see you an inch lower, but they're like, looks the same to me. Seems the, fine. The era of remonetization is upon us. They want mm. it to seem like you're just failing. You know, people just don't like your videos anymore. Sorry, guys. Now, the challenge is, that's why I always say, share this show. Share these clips. Share this show. Share the podcast. Subscribe to it. Because they will try to suppress it. But if you are sharing it with your friends and family, they can't. And they'll keep trying, but the people are pushing back. I heard one of the shows we did last week was about, I think it was about Facebook. And <clears> um, <throat> the title said Facebook something something. And someone shared it on Facebook and immediately got their account suspended. Probably. Just because of the name of the video. Yes. Facebook refused to give us partner program access on any of our accounts. It was like saying Zuckerberg. it was not re- They said we didn't create it. It wasn't original content. And we were like, it's their show. We have a show. It's a podcast. It's actually a top iTunes podcast. And they were like, not, not original. Bye-bye. Got an email back. I was like, we're sorry we can't help you. It's just we don't have the apparatus. Like, there's no structure at Facebook for actually dealing with this. You'll have to go through the automated system. They were basically saying the clips we were uploading, which only appear on Facebook in that format, were unoriginal. Is that because? Even though it's like your face speaking words out of your brain. Yep. Unoriginal. Yep. (laughs) 
I wonder if we do it as ads, if they'll, they'll do it then. No, no, what they're claiming is that we're taking someone else's show and putting it up. Not that it's repeating the same show that you own. No, they're saying we're taking someone else's. It would be like if I it's just upload wrong. episodes of The Simpsons. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Live. <clears throat> it's BS. <clears throat> I don't even go on Facebook at all anymore. I barely touch it at all. Only for messaging. And even then, even I'm like, that. why am I using Facebook messaging? Just delete that, dude. Yeah, that's, that. that's tracked. And it's although I have like saved messages from 2010 that I sent that are still accessed sometimes, it can't be that important. Kevin Kelly says, "Rip He-Man, the new Netflix He-Man show, makes He-Man the bad guy and gives Tila a new girl power haircut and makes her the main character." <laughs> I mean, is there not a better <laughs> character name for the new He-Man than She-Man? <laughs> I yeah. mean, oh, it would have been great. <laughs> Wasn't it She-Ra? Yeah. It was She-Ra. She-Ra. But the new character has to be She-Man. Dude, have you seen the documentary about the creation of He-Man? It's one of the best documentaries in the world. It's really? it's incredible. Yeah. About Skeletor and He-Man. Yeah, the guy. The power of Grayskull and I, all that. I'm, I'm going to have a hard time recalling anybody. Oh, I check it out. Check it out. Checking it out. James Nelson says, He-Man needed a magic sword to have power. Thanks to Kevin Smith's woke He-Man, we now know Tila had the power the whole time and just needed him out of the way to realize it. What? Of course. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Smith is involved? Is that for real? No. He's like, I never had the power in the first place. It was always you somehow giving it to I me or something. Do you is remember that Clerks? Do you remember yeah. watching that in yeah. black and white? Yeah, it's hardcore. Yep. Would you have predicted that those guys would go woke? No, I would have thought he would have done more LSD. Yes, <laughs> I think so. Really? From yeah. watching Clerks? These, these, look, man, people just want things. Very few people have principles. Yeah. Dude, I want to talk about this He-Man thing. That's why it's like, dude, the last people you can accuse of being grifters are people who are like, I'll, I'll tell you this. You want to criticize conservative ink? Okay, maybe I understand that. They make money. You want to consider, uh, like, Dave Rubin. They're like, he's grifting. I'm like, he could have just stayed with the Young Turks and continued to do the mainstream show. Why would he choose to be in the out group? Why would he choose to put himself at risk? He succeeded in yeah. spite of these things. Big risks. Dude, I continuously put myself in the outgroup of the outgroup, and still people call me grifter. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's no escaping. There's no, I could just make a mind. Like, I could do four. Like, uh, so what people don't need to understand about success is like, do they think that people who are willing to work 100 plus hours a week or whatever are only succeeding because they've chosen to talk politics? If I was going to work this hard and really want to make money, why wouldn't I just say whatever Amazon wanted me to say? Right. They're the ones with the money. Right. Who am you're, I supposed to make money from? You specifically are playing on like elite, advanced, double, extra, plus, mm-hmm. expert level when you really could just do it much easier. All you have to do is sell stuff that just makes you like get get, get laid more, get paid more. If you right. just focus on that, that's how you make money in the men's space. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Charles Balyozian says, great insight, Ian. The Young Turks are awful. Also, to Biden's credit, he acknowledged the Armenian genocide, but still sends Azerbaijan rockets to continue genocide. Jeez. Hey, well, I don't think they're awful. I didn't say that. Um, but I think that there have been a lot of awful things surrounding them lately. I think Chank is like losing his mind after the, the Hillary Clinton email scandal. It's, it's not that. It's that these people on the left who were like, I believe in these things. The NSA is bad. The FBI is bad. All of a sudden now we're confronted with a mainstream establishment left saying, say the opposite of everything you just said or we'll, we'll throw you out. Yeah. And so now their brains just Right. Twisted. And I see it in Chank because he's on TV so much talking. As you can see like his own – like he's twisted. And it's not his yeah. fault, but he's been twisted it's, by the it's, media. It's simple. It's like there's a reason why people like Ruben, Jimmy Dore leave. It's a, there's a reason why people like Glenn Greenwald are accused of changing. He accuses me of changing. It's like, bro, we've all been in the same place. But we are not tied to corporate sponsors and investors. I wonder if what really happened is these people left 
were able to speak their minds and be free. And as the, the world changed around them, they maintained their principles and they started calling out the problems. But Jank is, is trapped under the boot of a corporation with investors, with demands. And so he's sitting there like slowly drifting away like, I have to say these crazy things. Wow. And think about how angry you would be. Imagine this, Jack. If Imagine if someone came to you and said, literally, everything you've done, everything you've built will be stripped and taken away from you. Well, your harm will come to your family. You have to say what we want you to say. So depending on, you know, you're, you're standing there like feeling the intense pressure of being forced to say something you know is not true. Jank isn't strong enough to say no to it. Well, since I've already been in that exact situation before and elected to say exactly what I thought was on my mind, let the chips fall where they may, I can't relate to Jank being a little bitch in that regard. Yeah, because they'll, <laughs> they'll say, say these, and then you'll be like, ah, I don't want to do it. I don't. And then finally one day give in. And then the next day they're going to be like, okay, now do it again. Right. And it's like, what? This is my life. This is what my life is. It's the same principle behind not apologizing for that stuff, too. What's this corporation, the parent corporation of Young Turks? Do they, are they owned? Well, I think they have investors. They have like big, powerful investors and things like that. I don't know. You know, when you said that about him being boxed in, do you remember in the end of which Superman? I can't remember where like the three evil, the second one sent to the phantom realm. They all get like boxed into like the little crystal thing and it like just, and they're like, yeah, it just scatters off into space. That's what's happening to Chank right now. I can see it. But he's, he's like, he's losing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's watching what he, he can't say any of these things because he's a tribalist, not, he's not principled. So there are people with principles like Jimmy Dore who will be like, here's what I believe. And then when the left goes nuts or the Democrats go nuts, he'll be like, screw that. There are people <laughs> like Glenn Greenwald who are principled. Now, I, my criticism of Glenn Greenwald in the past is that he's, he's activisty and he is more political than, you know, like in, 10 years ago, I said, this guy, he's coming out, he's, he's publishing these things, but he's always been an opinion guy. That's fine, but he's principled. So when the Democrats go nuts, he calls them out. When the FBI goes nuts, NSA, he's always criticized these groups. How even when his own publication lost its way, he was like, "I'm out." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because they're like, "You cannot force me." But what happens when you're the head of a major company with everyone staring at you, saying, "We believe this, believe it or else." Well, I mean, isn't that exactly what happened to Vice to Glenn? Oh, yeah. And intercept. Yep. And Glenn walked away. And he yeah. walked away. So, Chank, be half the man that uh, Glenn Greenwald is. Glenn See how that lost, works. Glenn had lost control of the company at that point. Chank, I think, I would imagine, still owns He has control. lost control of his own mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is unconfirmed, right? No one knows that he's being coerced to say things. <laughs> I, I'm saying, in my opinion, the fact that he is towing the line for the establishment while pretending to be a progressive Seems so weird. shows that he is trapped in a box. Well, you, people on the left, why is it so hard to get many of these people to appear on this show? Or the grifters will always try. I would say that too. Like, there are legitimate left personalities who are like, I won't go on the show because I will get attacked for it. There's no upside. Then you get the grifters who are like, have me on the show. And they have like really low view counts and they're really desperate for attention. And I'm like, bro, you're, you're grifting. I get it. <sighs> We're not going to give you airtime. And we want to have this legitimate person on, but they're scared they'll get canceled. Conservatives are like, I demand you have me on the show. <laughs> When are you going to have me on the show? I want to be on the show. It's true. It's like they, you, you, you go, you go, you go <laughs> to a Trump right? rally. Is that right? You go to a Trump rally. Walk up with a camera and a microphone to a Trump supporter and be like, hey, do you want to answer some questions? They'll be like, sure. Go to a, a, a Democrat rally. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, don't. I can't advise that because I, I get sued if someone gets hurt. I can't believe people, people call you up and they're like, I demand to be on the temple IRL. They don't demand but they're like yeah when are you gonna have me when on? are we on like it's a given let's when go are we well, on? what, I, what right, I mean is <laughs> conservatives unless there's an issue of like they're busy we'll be like i'd yeah. love to do an interview oh, yeah. people on the left are like why no 
I, I can't do it. KG. That's it. Anyway, my friends, if you haven't already, you got to smash that like button. Smash it. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to have a bonus segment coming up at about 11. We're going to talk about those things that YouTube will ban us for. And uh, yeah. You can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at TimCastIRL. Help share our videos so that we can uh, leverage those networks to get people to go to the website. Also, we've been on TikTok. We've been blowing up on TikTok. That's going really well. Yeah, like right. like huge. Like videos are getting hundreds of thousands of views. Different demographics. It's pretty cool. Younger people apparently, which is good news. Got to reach those young people. Who's doing your TikTok clips? <laughs> we got a we got a guy. What do you mean? Not me. You got, you got a guy. I need the same. I need the yep. same. Yes. I, 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 a great job. I saw the clips on uh, Instagram. Now I'm like, all right, yes. there we go. Hook it up. Come I hit on. a follow on that. I got to say, the dude that's doing the clips, you're doing Jeez. a really good job. Talented. Yes. Yeah. Very talented. So, uh, but we're getting, we're getting access to those young people and apparently, um, middle-aged women are mm-hmm. on TikTok. So, so hey, that's good. So middle-aged white women are like my main demographic. Uh, <laughs> those are my girls, man. <laughs> my mom. So, uh, <laughs> but don't forget, fo- you can follow me at TimCast. You can, uh, uh, subscribe to this channel, share with your friends. Jack, you want to shout outs? I do. Uh, my name is Jack Murphy. I have all kinds of things. I have the Jack Murphy Live show. It's on YouTube. I'm Jack Murphy Live on every social everywhere. Please follow me on Twitter, on Instagram. Come down, sign up for the Liminal Order. If you are a man, between the ages of 20 and 60, or a little bit on either side, you believe in masculinity, brotherhood, and sovereignty, and you want an answer to all these problems that we're talking about and a team to support you, Liminal Order, come down, check us out. We take 50 new guys a month. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for coming, Jack. My and pleasure. It's so good to be back. I can't believe I missed as much time as I did. Nice. We're back on the regular schedule. No more summer crap. No more weird things. We're here. I miss my man uh, Freedom Tunes. We got to get oh, Shaman. Oh, We're supposed to have the Illinois boys. Illinois mm-hmm. boys. Go, go real dog. Yeah. We didn't even talk about my engagement. We didn't talk Congratulations. about Miami. We didn't talk about any of these things. What's the, when's the big day? The big date is going to be in the fall of 2022. Can't wait. That's fantastic, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Shout out, Shout to out Uh I'm Ian Crossland. Hit me at Ian Crossland. Thanks for bringing up He-Man. That was awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I'm man. well out of this He-Man stuff but thank you very much Jack for coming back I My do pleasure, appreciate lads. that happy to see you again back on our old routine yes. you guys can follow me at Sour Patches on Twitter as I attempt to get more followers than Sour Patches how far away are we I'm pretty close I think they have uh, 92 and I have about 80 oh there, there yeah. we go close, yeah. there we go and then we can mock and ridicule Sour Patch Kids yes, yes. <laughs> and we'll get we'll get a bunch of bags of them and we'll throw them around and laugh <laughs> no, I love Sour That's Patch Kids I used to eat a lot of Sour Patch Kids I used to go to the corner store and it was one one penny per Sour Patch Kids so I'd be like I'd hand them a dollar and they'd give me this bag just insane amount of Sour Patch Kids anyway go to TimCast.com become a member we'll have a bonus members only podcast coming up with Jack around 11pm or so thanks for hanging out and we will see you all there bye guys